This is a HeadGum Podcast. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. When you think of New Orleans food, a unique fusion of primarily French and West African cooking, you probably think of Creole dishes like gumbo, jambalaya, po'boys, turtle soup, and beignets. But outside of fried chicken franchise Popeye's, the biggest chain restaurant to come out of the Big Easy is actually a steakhouse. Opened in 1927, in its original form, the eatery struggled for decades, being sold off repeatedly and coming to the brink of permanent closure on multiple occasions. Yet it finally found salvation and lasting success in 1965, when a divorced mother of two who worked as a lab tech at Tulane University mortgaged her house to acquire the business and enter the restaurant biz. This risk-taking entrepreneur, whose last name was Fertel, found success where her predecessors failed by getting hands-on with every aspect of the chop house, even learning to butcher the steaks herself. And she gave her concept a signature by hiring a waitstaff of fellow single mothers, making it New Orleans' first restaurant with all-female servers, dubbed at the time the Broads on Broad Street. Unfortunately, the curse of the original location returned as a fire destroyed the eatery in 1976. Perhaps a blessing in disguise as Fertel quickly found a new space nearby with over double the seating room. The new location thrived, and Fertel's hands-on approach was evident in her decision to live the rest of her life in a house directly behind the restaurant. As its reputation continued to grow because of its sizzling steaks, seared at 1,800 degrees Fahrenheit and served on 500-degree plates with a generous pat of butter on top, Fertel reluctantly agreed to franchise, expanding first throughout Louisiana and Georgia and then across the United States. Fertel's pioneering success earned her the honorific the First Lady of American Restaurants, and though she died in 2002, her legacy endures as over 100 locations now operate nationwide. As for the business's unique name, Contractual reasons prevented Ms. Fertel from retaining its originally incorporated title when she moved locations, so, like a rock band touring without its original lineup, she modified it by adding her own first name. This week on Doughboys, Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Welcome to Doughboys, the podcast about chain restaurants. I'm Nick Weiger, alongside my co-host, the Golden State Buffet Killer, Mitchie Two Spoons, Mike Mitchell. The Golden State Buffet Killer. The idea, like the Golden State Killer, mm-hmm. except what you slay is buffets. <laughs> Golden State Killer caught. Caught, yeah, recently. Recently. As of this the, this episode will come out about a, uh, two weeks after the, that news. Thomas Scott sent that insult in. If you have an insult you like me use, I mentioned at the top of the show, roastspoonman at gmail.com. Great Scott. Great Scott? Bad Scott. Mm. Uh, uh, Weiger. <laughs> you know, you had, a, you had a Kristen at the end of this. You've got an Oscar winner's name backwards. Ooh. Wait, at a who? What didn't do it? Kristen Scott Thomas. Oh, what the hell? The English patient. What 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 puzzle games are going on up in your head? You said great Scott. I was just uh, Thomas. Scott. Mine was just a great Scott reference to the Back to the Future. Oh, okay. You you didn't understand that? I thought we were playing with a name. <laughs> uh, Golden State Killer caught yet somehow you're still in front of me here. All right, come on. He was an old man. It was- most of those murders happened before I was born. Uh, Michelle McNamara uh, 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 wrote a book about him. Yeah. 
Yeah. And apparently had something that that, that had led that plus DNA evidence collected mm. on apps is partly how they tracked him down. This is all context that you probably got from some news article. You don't, hopefully you're not learning this news from us. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, we, we're not adding anything right now. <laughs> Do you know what I, I, uh, I think they should let him go. Oh boy. <laughs> One of your more controversial stands you've taken on this show. Uh, no, lock them up. Throw them away. Throw them away for good. Execute them for all I care. Anyways, uh, howdy-how to Mitchie Two Spoons Nation. Here's a little drop. I was working in the lab late one night when my eyes beheld an eerie sight for my monster from his slab began to rise and suddenly to my surprise his trousers dropped right to the floor with his bottom bare he ran to the door i said frankenstein what's gotten into you he said i can suck my own dick <laughs> you know that one started going I wasn't sure how much or how much of the, this is the, a bit I've done on Comedy Bang Bang, mm-hmm. the original Monster Mash. I wasn't sure if we were just going to hear all of that song. Mm-hmm. It really like made you wait for a little bit before the payoff. It was, I mean, it made me laugh. <laughs> that was from Colin O'Day. I was kind of bummed. Uh-huh. I, I was kind of bummer that you didn't wait to go, Colin, that you didn't play my last drop because Don't of how roast this was. guy who made a drop. <laughs> but I manager managed to make a shorter drop. I think you may enjoy. Is this kind of misery type situation where his D's have been replaced with R's? <laughs> oh, you know what? He sent a follow up. He said, hey, Mitch, didn't proofread that email and autocorrect some words. And now I sound like an idiot. Uh, okay, that's fine. Uh, Colin O'Day at Colin. At, uh, Colin. Uh, Oscopy. Is pronounced like the medical procedure. Col- oh, oh, colonoscopy. I got it. Colonoscopy. Oh, I see. I see what he's doing. He's having some fun. Colonoscopy. Good job, Colin. Uh, that's it. I, and uh, by the way, I, Bye, want, guys. I, I want I want the Golden State Killer to be in jail. I shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> no one thought you were serious. You're not going to get roasted for that. <sighs> hey, Mitch, let's introduce our guest. Yes. From the Goldbergs and Kirby Enthusiasm and the podcast Star Trek The Next Conversation, Andrew Secunda is here. Hi, Andy. Hi, guys. Thanks so much for being here. What's your stance on the Golden State Killer? I've uh, always been hoping he doesn't get caught. It's something I've rooted for from the beginning. (laughs) It's not true. You really have to say that, don't you? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know why you would have to say, I don't want that serial killer. Hey, 2018. (laughs) I'm not actually rooting for the serial killer to get away. In 2018, you got to say it or you you could be taken literally. Uh, You know, uh, my mom was out here Mm -hmm. uh, and we were celebrating her birthday. And we went, you know what, Nick? I should say this. We went to Rustic Canyon, mm-hmm. which Nick suggested. I don't know if you've ever been there. Great restaurant. One of my favorite restaurants in LA. Is one, Maybe my favorite restaurant from a fine dining there. standpoint. I made a great night for a great celebration with my mom. That's nice. I'm glad you had a nice time. Thanks. Hmm. Uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> You're doubting it there. You're doubting his sincerity. <laughs> a little bit. Um, and you also gave us a few spots to hit up, some bars when we were out here, out, out, out in Santa Monica. Mm-hmm. Your part of town. Yeah. And you suggested the Whitey, the place that Whitey Bulger loved. Michael's. Michael's. And I said to my mom, I was like, we go to Michael's. Nick says it's good. Uh, and, he, and he said that it was Whitey Bulger's favorite. My mom said no. Oh, we're, we're wow. not going to the oh, Whitey wow. Bulger she bar. Had a, yeah. She had a vested interest against Whitey Bulger. Whitey Bulger lived in Quincy, for right. real. And, uh, he, and I'm from Quincy. Were there relatives that had, that had been... <clears throat> 
I think my mom whacked some people with them and never got paid. <laughs> <laughs> she was on the other side of a whitey bulger feud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, she, I, she, I don't think she likes no, the old whitey boss, that much. Mrs. Mitchell. Because <laughs> whitey, so he li- he was from Quincy when his reign of terror in the Irish mob was taking place. And then uh-huh. when he was hiding from uh, the FBI for years, he was in plain sight and in a very mm-hmm. dense area of Santa Monica, California. That's right. And yeah, he was, he was right up the street from this very nice restaurant, Michael's, which has a bar area that he apparently frequented and with his with his wife who was also in an alias and they tipped poorly was what was repeated or what oh, was really? reported which is kind of makes you were like oh yeah of course he's a scummy guy do that but um but I, was, they, I think they were also li- mobsters though aren't they like you know good fellas spreading the cash around i think that is i mean is i don't i a, yeah i think that that's might, a fallacy yeah i think that might be like like a like a, a wise guy i remember reading in one of these things that a wise guy never picks up a check like what? Like that like, is also true. Yeah, sure. they're trying yeah. to get away without paying for things. So, right. and, and I mean, he was probably living off like an huh. actual stack of money, right? Like, like, like there was it wasn't? Didn't he have like a hole in his wall with his money in it? Oh, that's crazy. He was fully in hiding when he was here. Oh, he so so it's so in hiding. He was he was on. But the he ha- didn't turn over on anybody. That wasn't he wasn't protected by the state. No, he he was he was on the FBI's t- t- uh, the ten most wanted list. He yeah, he got away. He was he got, away. He got away for out. he got away for so, like people thought he was gone, that's like gone, a, gone. And he has was, that been dealt with in a movie? That's a fascinating Whitey Bulger hiding out in Los Angeles. Right, <laughs> it's kind of a fascinating. They did, they did, I, and I've talked about my history with this, Nick. Right? Yes. Yes. Okay. And because well, the, I don't. You can have, recap. I, I grew up with someone whose father was associated with that in some way, but I don't want to bring up specific names or right. anything like that. You don't but, want to get whacked. No, what? by your own mom. <laughs> <laughs> it's called spank. <laughs> um, it still it, happens. Is it literally spank? Though? Is it? <laughs> uh, but. But yeah, yeah, no. I mean, obviously, that was big news back in, and and you know, the Departed is kind of like a little take on it. Like there, there's, right, there's right. some elements He's in the Departed. Nicholson as Whitey Bulger, in basically, that, right? yeah. And then and then there is actually the the Black Mass movie, which wasn't great. Was it was the like issue. less less the real thing was like less interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And there's a reason things are fictionalized. Um, that's like that whole thing because they they had the the Moby Dick was fictionalized, and then they had they made a there was that movie that oh, fuck what was that recent boat movie that was like the real story oh, yes. of Moby Dick, and then it was just like, well, this isn't as interesting. As it was this. called Hey, There's a White Whale. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very, very just on the nose. Uh, what was it called? Whale Summer. It was something. Mm. It was something strange. It, it was something strange, like whale heart of the whale heart of the ocean. Something like there's that. There's a harm. There's a harmless whale. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's a harmless whale. <laughs> yeah, that that real story is terrifying. Yeah, a whale. The whale really came at him and right. followed him supposedly around. Oh. But then also they're all idiots. So that must have been good. Or did they have to fictionalize a bunch of stuff? Because there actually wasn't that much going on. I I just for you're heard just it was saying like, Moby Dick is a scary story. Yeah. <laughs> I have, a, you know, what, I have a rule. Everyone born before eighteen hundred, fucking idiot. You know what I'm saying? No, I don't. Prior to the nineteenth century, everyone was just everyone a before the nineteenth century. Moron. You're a dummy. Thomas Jefferson, uh, you know Benjamin Franklin. Sure, come back, come to our time. I'll show you how fucking stupid you are. <laughs> you piece of shit. Are you going to show them things other than technology? Uh... <laughs> Are you just gonna like show them TV and yeah. uh, lord it over them? Probably TV. <laughs> Wally and Ermatrix. 
I'd love to see you, Mitch. I'd love to see you trying to debate Plato. <laughs> trying to show show that guy he didn't know what the fuck he was talking about. We the people. That document is obviously a mess, right? No, that's true. It's got a lot of problems. It's got a lot of problems. <laughs> all those all those S's look like F's. Mm-hmm. That's a big issue. Is that is that a quote from a Stan Freeberg album? Is it? <laughs> no, I'm really and I'm you know, showing let, my antiquated taste. It led to you know who being in power. Oh boy. You're talking about me? <laughs> Bill Clinton? Bill Clinton. Right. I wasn't where I thought you were going to go. Yeah. A philanderer. Well, Bill, you know, you were famously remained in office because they couldn't find the two-thirds threshold necessary for to remove you from office in the U.S. Senate. Yeah, you know, I was always walking around with a two-thirder, if you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> All right, time for me to go. Bye, everyone. <laughs> okay, bye. He's leaving now. Is Bill Clinton a recurring character on this podcast? Uh, yeah, he sometimes just sort of swings by Mitch's place. It's very odd. <laughs> Mitch, did you, you just missed Bill Clinton. Oh, wow. Yeah, while well, you ran to get a uh, soda. You probably moved into Whitey's place, that fucking crook. <laughs> hey, don't talk about me that way. <laughs> Whoa, Whitey Bulger. <laughs> I live in Santa Monica. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, she'd be in jail. What the fuck? They <laughs> could never catch me. <laughs> I used to eat at Dantana's. <laughs> I'm so sure that that he did. I'm sure, I'm sure he went did. to Dantana's, Dantana's around then. Yeah, it would have been. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Have you guys ever been to Dantana's? I've never been there. Yeah. I went there with a bunch of our friends, Nick. He decided not to go. Yeah, I didn't feel like going. Oh, it's right near me. Yeah. It's, uh, it's yeah, I, it's definitely like gives you the vibe. I, I, I truly want to know your, 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 your. Hold off. Your, no, 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 no. I, oh. I, I want to know your thought on this because I just want to, I want to say this beforehand because like it is such an LA, like they're like, oh, you're going to love it. It's like, it's like the red and white yeah. tablecloth sort of East coast Italian place. And you, and you lived in New York. Right. And so, you know, the, and I, and I was living on the east coast you know these kind of italian restaurants and stuff and how do you think that compares to what dantana's is uh i think it's a really good rendition of it yeah. i think it is it does have a, a feeling of purity in that way of i grew up in in manhattan so i went to a lot of those places growing up which i think have really changed over time but uh but yeah i think it has that vibe of old school kind of it's very um uh, intimate, which is mm-hmm. unusual for for LA places, and um, kind of tight squeeze in there, tight it's, squeeze, yeah, yeah. and that kind of almost familial kind of feeling, and a little bit grimy, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and like the booth kind of torn up and everything, but uh, but yeah, I think it's a really good, effective vibe, and I think the. F- I guess we're going to probably we're, we're most likely going to get into talking about steaks, but uh, it the food some of it is really great, mm. some of it is 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 uh, accurate to a lot of uh, Italian places from old school New York because it's like they'll give you a side of uh, spaghetti and marinara, right? And you'll be like, "Ooh, this is exciting!" And then it's like, "No, this this spaghetti is just sort of the most basic spaghetti. Yeah. It's yeah. not like this is great spaghetti with a really solid steak. It's eh, spaghetti with a solid steak." Yeah, and it feels like spaghetti that was like put in a strainer for like mere moments, and then right. put, like it feels very wet, right? And and kind of like it's it's fine. I, I feel like 
it is a good version of that, but then also I feel like you can get better places like that on the, on the East Coast in in New York, obviously, and 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 everywhere in Boston. I'm I'm not yeah. I'm, I'm just saying like there are better places, and there are places that are more authentic than that. Oh too. sure, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. an imitation. Uh, everything in this town is you know, yeah, an imitation by people who are from the East Coast that. Um, well, not everything. No, everything. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, not the Mexican food. No, Mexican. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Fair yes, enough. Yes, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. I didn't mean. I didn't mean globally. Everything. <laughs> that is that is a fair adjustment to my statement. <laughs> the ocean. You know, we got the ocean over there. They just tried to recreate that over here. That's a Mitch opinion. <laughs> well, I do have the is opinion. Is it really your opinion? You, you do think that the, the Atlantic Ocean is better than the Pacific no. Ocean? Okay, I think the Atlantic Ocean is better than the Pacific Ocean. That's but I don't think. Sense. I don't think some man transported the Atlantic Ocean over and named it the Pacific Ocean. No, I know you don't Some literally sort of think that. God, Why do you man. like the Atlantic Ocean more than Pacific Ocean? Because here's the thing with the Pacific Ocean. It's <laughs> amazing. First of all, Wiger's been wading around in that shit, so I don't... <laughs> Second of all, uh, uh, it's cold. It's too cold. You think it would be like... The, the Pacific Ocean, honestly, because of the uh, what's it, what's it called? I was going to say jet streams, which is incorrect. The the way that the water flows, it comes down from the the north. Okay. Mm-hmm. The uh, what what is what is that? The what is what am I looking for here, Weiger? I don't know. Current, I don't know what you're what term you're looking for. Uh, uh whatever. The 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 water flows. It might down be from the, jet stream. Uh, the f- flows down from the north. And, and the Atlantis stream. The Atlantis stream, and then and then in and the Atlantic Ocean, it comes up from the south. So the water is warmer, like in in oh, I, fascinating. So I, I so I always thought that like in the the ocean currents is yeah, that what you're looking the ocean for? Currents and also you know I, I think jet stream is wind apparently. I think I think yeah jet stream is wind. So I, I think I think for real that the 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 temperatures are actually pretty close, but then on the east coast when it's the summertime it's like very hot and humid. And you go in the water; it's great. And here, you don't you don't have as much as that humidity. It just feels colder. It's a big, scary ocean. I thought it would be more tropical, is what I'm saying. But they, I mean, it's, it's a it's a big ocean. Oceans are ocean mm-hmm. size. Like there's like you can't like you're characterizing what you're doing is you're weighing your specific experience in like the the coast on Boston What's versus wrong? like in California. Why are you mad that I like the Atlantic Ocean? <laughs> I'm not mad. <laughs> I just feel like it's it's just a bizarre opinion because there's mm. the ocean is like there's so many places you can have as entry points. You Let know? me take you to the Atlantic Ocean. I've been in the Atlantic Ocean. What did you? What were you doing in did there? Did you dislike it? It's fine. What it's were you fine. doing it's in the big Atlantic? Body water. I was. I went to. I've been to, to Orlando, Florida. Actually, is Orlando near the ocean? I don't know if it is. I don't think it is. All right, then I've been to the Cayman Islands. Emma's MRR engineer is is shaking her head. So Orlando is apparently landlocked. But uh-huh. uh, the but I then I've been to the Cayman Islands, which I'm pretty sure is in the Atlantic. Mm. And uh, I went to they went in the ocean there. What were you running away from when you were in the Cayman Islands? Come on. This wasn't a Whitey Bulger situation. I was there on a family vacation. I was eight years old. I got a place you can stay at. <laughs> oh, boy. That is, that, uh, he, it is funny to think he is a very old man. And he's, what, 90 years old or whatever? He's, what? He's alive? Yeah. Uh, yeah, he yeah. got captured alive. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. I don't know what he's up to. I guess he's, I don't know if this trial is still ongoing. I don't know what's going on now. Um, You went to the Cayman Islands when you were eight. Look. Please don't come after me, Lady Bulger. No disrespect. <laughs> <is meant. laughs> the, the 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 Pacific is cold and po- and, and it, you just kind of like run right into it. They're not. There's very beautiful coastal areas in in California and stuff. I just I like I prefer the Atlantic Ocean. That's but, all. But just to narrow the field, you mm-hmm. are you, are you saying you you would say that that uh, say the East Coast, you know, Boston, New York area, just uh-huh. to narrow it, is better than the Los Angeles? Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, because of the warmth 
specifically i like how the east coast is warmer than (laughs) (laughs) the warmth of the water Uh, yeah to me all ocean water is equally freezing yeah i'm a baby but uh it is definitely. I used to. There another opinion on the show is that I, I I dislike sharks and wish they would be wiped out, which I don't really wish sharks to be wiped out. But uh, you know, there'd be no shark. Movies. But yeah, be deteethed would be nice. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the sharks be rounded up. Yeah, I think they could still eat fish if they didn't have any teeth. Mm. How hard is that? They they still catch them in similar ways. Mm, Just I don't swallow know. them whole. Anyways. Uh, the, the I can't believe that I used to swim freely in the in the in the Atlantic Ocean. Where you you grew up in in New York? Yes, and we and my my we're, parents we're, had a house on Fire Island too. So, oh, okay. But let, let's let's it, talk about because because let's talk about growing up on Manhattan specifically because okay. it's it, what is that what I know of Manhattan and I've only been as a as as an adult is mm. that it's kind of like obviously as a unique sort of food scene, uh, but like are chain restaurants. Like, are, are the fast food chains, or were they when you were growing up as present? Like, could you find just, like, a Wendy's or a Pizza Hut? Were, were, were a lot of these places uh, not present in, 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 that, in that part of New York? Um, they were. Um, I have certain holes in my knowledge of chain restaurants from when I was growing up. There were some, I'm trying to remember when White Castle was booted out. Of, or just didn't seem to be present at all, except in the outer boroughs. Oh, interesting. Um, but I have certain holes in my knowledge because my mother would dig in a position on certain chains based on one bad experience. Right. Or, um, and I think Kentucky Fried Chicken at some point had a scare where, I don't know, it was urban legend or it was reality where a rat was found in the in the somebody's bucket. Mm-hmm. And she was like, that's it? It's off the menu. We're never going to Kentucky Fried Chicken again. I don't remember ever going since I was a child. And wow. so it's hard for me to remember. And I know Wendy's was not on... When when was Wendy's uh, started? Wendy's has been around since the 50s, I believe. Okay, it's so it probably would have been around. And yeah. I we never went to Wendy's. We would go to... I think we were a Burger King family over a McDonald's family. And then right. I think I changed into more of a McDonald's preferer. Um, it's got to be a better way to say that word. Um, no, I think prefer is correct. Prefer. <laughs> I like that. Uh, preferite. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, it's a, uh, it, there's, it's, it's hard for me to evaluate looking back on my, on my upbringing. Yeah. Uh, I know we went to, I was thinking about this because of our steak experience, uh, beefsteak Charlie's a okay. lot, which no longer exists. Um, um, so there were things like that, but also we weren't we weren't a family that would really. Um, if, I assume my parents will never hear this. Um, I, we weren't a family that would really spend a lot to go to fancy places. Sure. So there were uh, certain we would we would sort of go to mid level restaurants, probably like Beef State Charlie's. And not as often go to franchise restaurants. Yeah, that, I mean that that was that sounds similar in terms of just just uh, it, it, and I'll just say this about my dad. My dad is very cheap, and so when we would always when we went out to eat, which was rare, mm-hmm. it, it was never like we never went to like a fancy schmancy place. It was always like you know. Honestly, like it might be like a Chili's like tier thing. That might be like a place to go out to get dinner right. with a, as Where a family. It's sort of pretending to be yeah. a real restaurant, but it's really not. Yeah, exactly. Was your dad a wise guy? 
My dad. <laughs> you said it was cheap. My dad was not I a knew wise. him back in the day. <laughs> no, Whitey, that's untrue. My father was a college professor. Oh, he a, so he was disgusting vermin. <laughs> <laughs> he would kill somebody as soon as he would look at him. <laughs> giving Whitey a little bit of a, a list for some reason. <laughs> My dad I think did. It's a pretty good Whitey impression. It is. It is not is that bad. What he sounds like. <laughs> My dad did uh, because I, I was going to say he was a wise guy. Oh, he was oh. a wise guy. Uh-huh. A PhD in chemistry, <laughs> and I was going to say had a had something of a peripheral connection to the underworld because as a chemistry professor, huh. he knew guys who ended up cooking meth for profit. <gasps> wow! And one of them, I think, one guy died in a boat explosion. And another guy was arrested and, uh, like, it was actually my dad's first boss uh, at, I think, maybe the, uh, maybe Fresno State University mm. um, was arrested a- as, for, like, running a meth lab and, like, went to prison. And my dad later, in a weird th- situation, ended up befriending the lawyer who prosecuted him. Oh, what? Yeah. Very strange. So, so a real life Walter White situation. Yeah, it was, I, that was, like, that had a basis in reality, because just, like, in the, in the world of, uh, in in the world of chemistry, it's like they they want people with that sort of know how, and they can give you a huge six figure payment to set up a lab and walk away. Wow! Yeah, so it's real. Yeah, it's real. That I assume you don't know this, but the boat explosion was thought to be a murder or a cooking explosion. Oh boy, I don't know. I thought it was a murder, but I don't remember. Oh yeah. Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think they were cooking on the boat. That seems impractical. But wouldn't get, that be the place? Like, you know, a lot of the uh, RV. Oh, I guess so. But then, you know, you've got to deal with the, the logistics of getting all those chemicals loaded onto the boat and mm. all that equipment. Chemicals Guys, let's start ocean. working on our Breaking Bad spec. <laughs> <laughs> now is the time, right? Breaking Bad at sea. <laughs> what a boring. It would be a boring show, wouldn't it? And they, like, oh, they, already, they already have a Breaking Bad spinoff. Uh, well, yeah. Better but call the, Saul. But it's not, about, it's not about meth yet. It's not about meth yet. Yeah. yeah. I think everyone's excited for the meth. The oh wait, of- or is it about meth? Have you guys have you guys been watching it? Uh, yes, I have, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> I've watched I have been watching it. Mitch, your Breaking Bad at Sea spec would just devolve every episode I'm into a to think. debate over the Atlantic Ocean. I don't want to blow too much. There's definitely drugs <laughs> in it, and yeah. I assume it's it must be meth. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I've, I've, I've watched a couple seasons. I, I, I need to catch up a little mm. bit. I mean, there is a drug in it. That addictive. Cinnabon sauce. Oh my god! <laughs> Another reason for Bob to not come on the show. We've never be a asked him. Substance. Have you never asked him? We never asked him. Hanford, uh, or it was either Hanford or, or Tim Kalpakis mentioned what my podcast was to him before. It was like, oh, it's like a show about fast food and chain restaurants. And Bob was like, no, that's terrible. <laughs> He's like, he like, I don't want it. That's bad. I don't like the idea. Of that. Why? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, we could have to have him on to find out. Yeah. I mean, uh, he's correct. Yeah, it is oh, yeah. a bad idea. <laughs> also, uh, has Bob has Bob Odenkirk been spending some time with Bill Clinton? Yeah, we like to hang out together. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> he plays a nice sax for me. <laughs> Bill, you're a huge Mr. Show fan, aren't you? <laughs> That's right. Story of Everest is very funny. <laughs> oh boy, you have an eclectic alt comedy sensibility that I did not expect. <laughs> not enough tna if you know what i mean (laughs) oh no bill calm down this is not appropriate in 2018 (laughs) it's really really fresh (laughs) so uh 
so from Manhattan, I know you went to, you and Mitch have something in common. You're That's also right. someone who went to Ithaca yes. for college. Mm-hmm. What was that like? You're, you're going from, you know, like the, the you're in the, 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 this most bustling city in America, and then you go, you go up to upstate New York. What is that transition like culturally? And what also is that transition like from a culinary perspective? Um, it was definitely, uh, I had to drive. I had to sort of really, I kind of learned to drive, but I never had any reason to really learn to drive. Yeah. So I needed to, to do that in my 1973 Dodge Dart. It's a hike kind of, three and a half, four hours up to Ithaca. Yeah, it was like four and a half hours, yeah. um, of which my 1973 Dodge Dart uh, died on a, on a handful of occasions <laughs> <laughs> on the drive there and back. Um, the cold was shocking, mm-hmm. um, which I adjusted to after the first. Uh, I was about to say season, which I guess would be appropriate, but I think I'm thinking TV season, which is sad for me. <laughs> um, and uh, food-wise, uh, there was... Uh, th- and you don't remember if there was the Mano's Diner in your era. I, I, think, it, I, think, era I think it was there. A long time after yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Um, which I didn't go to too often. That though, was but, our yeah. place. Yeah. Um, uh, but th- we definitely had Pizza Hut. Because I know we would get it for the sketch show we did on over cable access, the nothing special. Um, I didn't come up with a name, um, and I'm trying to think what else uh, they had. Definitely, you know, there was the the, the basics. Yeah, you didn't know Shortstop Deli, but there was like it was like a like the Ithaca Bakery, like where they had the bagels. and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, sure, that yeah. was great. There's yeah, there's there's there, there's some good food up there. There's yeah. Apple Fest. <laughs> you remember, remember Apple Fest that. that came in the fall time. Yeah, uh, it not was, just, is it a it's not a festival. It's a it's a restaurant. No, it's a festival. Oh, it's an actual. And then, festival. And then there's some good food downtown. And then there's was there a beef fest or did it all just my Ithaca friends make that up like as a joke? I don't, I don't know. remember. Wings over fest. Ithaca didn't exist at that point. The truth is I didn't really get into uh, appreciating food, which is odd because uh-huh. I'm a total glutton now mm-hmm. um, until after college, I think. Yeah. And um, uh, I don't want to rush us into the No, <laughs> not at all. Thing, Go for it, please. The, but probably one of the first moments of, of that, because I had only gone to places that were sort of mid-range, you know. Oh, wait. Um, John, yeah. John, did you go to John Thomas Steakhouse? That was there, I believe, when you were there. No. That was like one of the fancy, that was like a fancier graduation-y dinner place that I went to a few times. It was great. Yeah, my parents, also I wonder pre-internet how much, what, how yeah. would you find out what, what were the good places pre internet? I mean, that's that's a great point. You I just mean, have we to should, hearsay, right? We should know. We had that was part of our yeah. lives. I'll tell you right. what you do. You find the fattest kid on campus, and you. I don't think him. that's the craziest <laughs> idea. I think that. So in most cases, this would be me. I remember in Ithaca, there me. was a, <laughs> me, me, and uh, my friend were in a supermarket, and there was. And there was a, a a guy that we didn't know that well who was heavier, and I was like getting some cookies, and he was like, "No, no, no, you want these?" And he picked out the Salsalito cookies, and I was like, "These are amazing!" God damn it, that guy I really giving knows. us all a bad name by knowing the correct cookies. <laughs> he should lie about it. Uh, yeah, well, he did. He did a good deed. Uh, the, uh, Wegmans is my guess. Wegmans. There yes. we go. We got one which made pizza too, right? Yeah, I think they make they'll make everything. They make they they because it's a. The pizza wasn't that great there. Yeah. There was one other pizza subs, place that I'm trying to remember that was a main chain. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, we had Pizza Hut. 
I'm trying to remember. What are the big ones? Domino's, uh, Papa John's we probably had Domino's. Didn't exist I remember yet. Domino's and that being really that's where I built up a taste for Domino's was but you, you but you were because I think it was the e- most easily delivered. You were eating pure garbage, including like the Ithaca dining. Like, oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, nothing healthy at all. Mm-hmm. Just wh- bowls and bowls of sugar cereal and yeah, right. This is from the dining halls. Dinner, yeah, but let, let's talk. Let's talk about pizza specifically for one second, because as someone from Manhattan, and then it sounds like you're 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 eating some chain pizza, maybe maybe uh, you know in your college years. Like what like what are your pizza prejudices and biases and preferences? I mean, are you something of a, it? Seems like you're not particularly elitist about it. Well, that is a fascinating point um, because I. Definitely, even now, would be. It's like, oh, there's Domino's here, and I will really be into it and yeah. want to have it. Um, but I grew up with, you know, Ray's Pizza and the the classic great pizzas. So, um, and I maintain uh, Defara's Pizza in uh, South Brooklyn. If you guys haven't been, is I maintain the greatest pizza in the world, and I've been to Naples and had pizza there. Oh, I man. believe it's the greatest in the world. Right. And it's being made by, um, um, I don't remember his name, but he's he's uh, been making each pizza himself for 60 years and is is there. So get there fast, guys. Get some pizza. It's a long line. <laughs> right. It's a pain in the ass. It's very far, but it's, to me, 100% worth it. Anyway, uh, so yeah, coming from New York, I think it definitely was different, and I can only assume it was kind of a prison mentality of like, there's pizza here. I don't oh, care it. what the pizza is. Yeah. And then it built in my head a taste for it. And I think with Pizza Hut also, I wonder, do you guys know if they changed the formula at a certain point? Because I remember back then, there was a crispiness, like an oil-filled crispiness yeah. to the crust that was unlike anything else I had had. And I feel like I've had it recently and it's not quite the same. So I don't know if they made it healthier at some point. This is a crazy thing that we talk about on this podcast of like, which it's, it's such a weird thing because they were still chains when we had them when we were kids or whatever. But Nick and I always point out the difference, like between having Domino's in night, say 1989 or something as opposed to now where there, there was a huge, I mean, there was, and maybe it's, maybe it's also the, the food was blander back then or whatever. And maybe yeah. if we had it now, we'd be like, Oh, this was still not good. But it, it, it felt less it like felt, our palates were different back then. Is yeah. What you're like also that could be a factor in it, but it, it felt less processed. It felt more kind of pizza like, and, and I like Domino's and I, and I, and I like pizza hut, but, but now also aren't there like a million different versions that they have the thin crust and yeah. they have all these different things. So I've, kind of been trying to zero in on what the same pizza is in the, right. that era was from Domino's. The, yeah. for, for, I, I think that there, there's like a classic crust, that, but they have like the garlic flavoring on the crust that a lot of people don't like. Some people do like it. There they have a handmade or hand-tossed pan or something that is very similar to what the Pizza Hut one used to be like. And I, you know, I don't know with, with Pizza Hut what the deal is anymore. If They still do have a pan pizza but that was the one that you're talking about that had kind of like the crispy edges and the and the the oil kind of the oil kind of in the crust and and I yeah. think it was the basic one. I don't yeah, think they it, had it, as many it, choices. It, it was yeah, yeah. And, and and it was cooked in like in those like big black uh, pan. It was right. like a, like a pizza pan. It was right. it was oh I don't know, I was, I'll, I don't know, I'll say this see how it floats. It feels almost like it was a little bit of a deep dish yes. quality, even yep. though it wasn't a deep dish pizza. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Um, 
and I really, I really long for it. That that, and it's. I'm sure it was super. It was like dripping with oil when you picked it up. But I really miss that taste. Why? Why don't we ever do it? We we have talked about this for three years. We've never really done a a, a deep dive on the the changes to both of those places over the last. Th- we should do it at well, some point. Well, it's. I mean, it'd be a lot of work. That's mm. that's a big strike against it, guys. Yeah. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Andy's on uh, no it. matter what the time expenditure. <laughs> but I mean, right. yeah, it's a lot no, of work no, hey, for, for me. <laughs> it's not going to be you. Weiger, you said it's a lot of work. Yeah. I'm already checked out, my man. <laughs> By the uh, way, um, when My- Matt Meyer on the, on the Star Trek podcast, he casually said, oh, I'm going to be at Doughboys. I'm like, what? What do you mean you're going to be at Doughboys? I was already talking to them about being on Doughboys. What happened to my invite? And, and he said, did you talk to Nick? And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair, I, I I did I got you on here. I, I I did it on my own. I could do some stuff on my you own. Did. You did, I'm, yes. I'm a Mitch booking, and I appreciate it. You know what, Weiger? Once you had that fire lit under you, you got you got the job done. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> and this uh, this episode also I'll light too. a fucking real fire under you. <laughs> Cook you up nice. <laughs> Wait, what were you gonna say? I was gonna say this the just a, a quirk of scheduling. This your episode will actually be out before Myra's episode. <laughs> <we've already> recorded <laughs> Suck it, it. Myra. <laughs> <laughs> don't even listen to Myra's episode. <laughs> I know uh, that hurts you guys, but I don't care. Uh, hey, I'm I'm cool with that. There's a Weiger book. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so you guys mentioned the the that that the the changing overtime. I'm not specifically sure about Pizza Hut because Pizza Hut didn't have the Domino's thing where Domino's completely like made a big marketing yes, push of out of we're changing right. the way we make our pizza. But <laughs> one thing kind of almost with apologies in some way. It was. Yes. They were like it was very it was it's weirdly very apologetic, strange. but apparently very successful. Um, but they contrary have, to Coca Cola, which made a big push and then everybody turned on them. So right. it's interesting the distinction. Yeah. Well, I, I think that the issue is that that people didn't have like a fierce loyalty to Domino's as it existed. Um, but except for us. <laughs> <laughs> so they they had there are two sauce options and I forget which the default is but I have the Domino's pizza tracker open now and I think the default is the robust inspired tomato sauce but if you want something closer to the original sauce if you swap it out for the hearty marinara oh interesting I believe that will get you closer to the original Domino's pizza mm. that's the one the one slight hack as far as crust goes I'm not quite sure I mean some people have said the Brooklyn style uh, uh, crust I just closed the the menu and put up my show notes Sorry. again um, but the uh, I, I think the the Brooklyn style crust we've had some success with although I'm not sure how clear how close to the original Domino's recipe that was yeah uh, yeah yeah I, I, I that was one of maybe that it maybe that is maybe that is the closest that i i can't i can't the thing the issue i have is i don't remember when i was seven years old i don't remember that dominant i remember liking it yeah you need a time machine really because you did like Mm. it's it's going to be okay that's the first step right we'll get a time machine (laughs) um but yeah they use their time machine well (laughs) but it's kind of like like let adult why go around seven-year-old me No. Probably... Little Mitch, which one? <laughs> which pizza? You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna go back in time. 
tip off Whitey, tell him that he gets caught in Santa Monica. <laughs> oh, boy. Help him out. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a lie. They'll never catch me. I got all my money hidden uh, in this own, wall. His own hubris. Oh, Whitey. <laughs> um, so uh, this week's chain, uh, far, uh, pretty far, far afield from chain pizza, mm-hmm. uh, the steak world and, and Ruth's Chris Steakhouses. You know, we haven't covered a lot of steakhouses on the pod. We haven't covered a lot of high-end fine dining chains on the pod just because there are fewer of them. And also they there is the the price point issue and and um but the uh this one is a big one Mm -hmm. and why did you want to uh, discuss this this chain andy well i do uh love higher i don't know if i say higher how how would you describe this a higher end steakhouse a higher end franchise steakhouse Mm -hmm. um it's like a fine dining concept it's an it's it's you know it's there are fancier restaurants but in, in a chain in chain form this is i feel like about as nice as it gets and i really feel like it it touches something inside me, I think because of the upbringing I was talking about, where looking back on it, I don't think I had much of a palate. I think I enjoyed the experience of going out with my family, you know, until the inevitable giant uh, public argument would start. <laughs> um, but uh, but uh, I remember going to Ruth Chris, and I think it may have been my, because it was after college, and I went with Terry Jin, fellow uh, Ithaca oh, okay. college graduate, and uh, I think he had he crashed with uh, me and my parents because it was right after college. Um, and then to reward, to as sort of a, a nice gesture, he took uh, me out. And so we were figuring out where to go. And I think he may have sort of tracked down Ruth Chris. And uh, it was sort of my first adult going out to a really legitimately nice place, steak. Mm-hmm. And um, just the the experience of them bringing out this really nice uh, um, steak on a sizzling, you know, sizzling with butter and everything. And it was just magical to me. And I think it was one of my first experiences um, at that age of being like, this is a whole other level of food that I'm experiencing. Right, yeah. Um, and so I think it really sticks with me. And so were you, this is, this is, this is just after college. So this is, uh, you know, this, this is a little while ago. Did you notice, like we're talking about the differences over time. Is, is this restaurant kind of frozen in time in your memory or has anything changed as far as you can tell? It's a really interesting question in regards to the palate changes yeah. also, yeah. because it doesn't, it doesn't have the magical quality uh, like when when we were there, it doesn't the the steak as good as I think a lot of the steaks there are. It doesn't have the magical quality that I experienced in that first thing, which right. I think was just shocking. Yeah, that it was that a steak could be that good and that it was so fancy and um and I don't think we experienced this last night. You definitely experienced this at Mastros, but I remember there being uh, a little <laughs> Weasley guy in a suit who was there with just one of the most breathtaking, like, you know, just uh, uh, shapely uh, ladies that I'd ever seen in my life. Koala? I don't know what their relationship was. Was this the Koala and Beyonce date? (laughs) (laughs) What's that? uh, Matt Koala said that he wanted to date with Beyonce, so maybe this is what that was. And he's a little weasel. Yeah. He's a weasel, man. We love him. Uh, Wow. uh, That's very funny. And he took the date to Ruth's Chris? I think that's... 
that's a I don't know I don't know what the relationship was I'm not that, that, I'm not in a position to judge I feel like I've seen a lot of those kinds of pairings at Mastro's which is probably my perpetually favorite steak place a weasel um, a weasley guy and a classic babe like yes, a like that, a roger and jessica rabbit sort of yes duo. exactly okay that would be inspiring to me as a, a, as, a bo- as a boy exactly and yeah. i think yeah as a young man i was like this place is amazing <laughs> miracles can happen here <laughs> um not looking deeper at the actual relationship um so yeah i think just the whole experience was did i i forgot what your question was uh, we were. Just, I was just talking about oh, like yeah, what, if, how if, it compared versus your, oh, your right. memory. So I, I think looking at uh, last night's experience, it was, mm-hmm. it was not as magical in terms of the taste. And I remember even the cream spinach being amazing. And I think the cream spinach was very solid last night. But it feels like it's just a step down from that. And I don't know if that's my change mm-hmm. or that it's more franchise. So yeah. that there's there's less quality control or what. Is this let's 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 talk more generally like about uh, uh, fine dining is like a steakhouse is that what your idea of like oh I want to have a, a nice meal or or what what is your like ideal like oh this is a great place I'm going to spend some money uh, going well, out to it's, eat it's funny because because that that question is funny because I, it it has changed I think yes. and like and, and and it is this weird thing to see like like kind of higher end steak like a, a steakhouse not be as much of the fancier thing is, I mean, it still is fancy, but then even like I was saying, I brought my mom to that restaurant that you recommended Weiger, which is kind of like even a tar- farm to tabley type of place. Like it's, yeah. it's a, it's a strange like hip restaurant that it's, that's very fancy. But last night it felt like when we were in Ruth's Chris, at least to me, it felt like uh, like a, it felt kind of older, old school. It felt dated or something in, so, sure. in some ways. And I, I, I'm like you too, where my first, it was probably John Thomas is like one of my introductions to like fine dining where I was like, Oh wow, this steakhouse and it's fancy. And they, they clean up your crumbs, which I, I had before uh, I had they, the crumbs fell off of me onto the table when we walked in. I need that all the time. I, I need that constantly. Uh, I should buy a crumb cleaner, but anyways, that's besides the that point. That would be amazing. Self clean. Cr- no, I got it. I got it. Uh, but that, 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 that I, I, I a hundred percent agree with you that that was my idea of, of fine dining then, but it, it's, it's, it's moved. Don't you think? Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's just, it's just different than it used to be. I mean, like yeah. you mentioned farm to table is a big thing. The idea of like fresh produce and seasonal ingredients is a big part. I think, I think mm-hmm. food, I think generally like, like, you know, certainly integrating a, a different kinds of cuisine is like a big thing. Like fusion yeah. is, has informed a lot of, uh, fine dining concepts. Um, but but a sta- a sta- also, it's a, it's, it's a kind of like a like like less of the like I also like kind of the white tablecloth, you know, mm-hmm. sort of guys brushing the crumbs off your table is also like a different. It, it, there is also like a little bit more of a casualness, I feel like, in in terms of how these restaurants, not in terms of how service and atmosphere is these days. So on that note, I think I do. There is a part of me that really, <laughs> I think, I appreciate the Rat Pack, Dean Martin, Sinatra, like the vibe Mm -hmm. that they go for with varying degrees of success at a lot of these steakhouses. And I really love the concept of it, even though in a lot of places it plays out in a very douchey fashion. Right, right. (laughs) I love the the ultimate ideal of it. Um, So I really appreciate it. Um, And I enjoy it. I do... I mean, I, I'm a, you know, I love to stuff my face. So like lower rent places, franchises, whatever. I don't, I don't, as long as the food is great, I don't care. But this definitely holds a certain 
a certain uh, special place in my heart, this kind of place. And a steak will never go out of style is the mm-hmm. other thing is everyone will want a steak dinner at some point. And, that- and the simplicity of that, that it isn't like I, I love so many of these fusion places, yes. and farm to table places. And I'm just like, oh, that was amazing. And they've taken it up another level with their hipster ethic of, you know, specificity and good ingredients and everything. But the cleanness of your cream spinach, you know, yes. mm-hmm. uh, shrimp cocktail, great steak i really like yeah no that and 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 also the other the other side of this too is that these we we and we're nervous we, we nick and i were nervous of uh, uh and i think you too but especially from doing the podcast of this is it is a higher end thing and this is a special occasion place for uh, for many people i mean it's it's, it's insanely expensive yes yeah, i yeah. do also want to uh i want to take the hit on that i i think i did <laughs> i pressured them into it because of my own proclivities myself <laughs> look it's so that you should not blame them for i think it. it's you one of the blame me for i think it. it's one of the smartest things you can do if you come on doughboys to say Tim Calbacus went to Morton's Steakhouse, and, yeah. and, and I think it's I think it's a great call to recognize. Do it. We're going to cover the cost of the meal, yeah. so you know, don't pick Arby's. Yeah, you can, you I wasn't <laughs> pick your pick your. I was secretly hoping, a hundred dollars. I wasn't. Sh- oh, by the way, you never uh, gave me money for the uh, valet. <laughs> oh shit, we got to pay you for that. Sorry, <laughs> uh, but when I went in, I was thinking I'm willing. Like this is it. I I'm always looking for people who will who are willing to kind of pay for that kind of meal mm-hmm. so that I have an excuse to do it myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was just ex- I was happy to pay for it. So it was an mm-hmm. extra boon that at the end of it. Oh yeah. Also, I don't know that, that I would have eaten in my usual. You know, let's get that. Let's get that too. I know that's too many sides. I don't care if I had known that you guys were picking up the tab. I probably would have been a little more dignified. Oh yeah. Oh, that's that's that's. All. You know what? We did a pretty good job. But before we get into before we get into it, yes, we we should because. So I just want to talk about some of some more of your your history because. You worked at Conan for a long time. I know this is yes. dorky, but I want to bring no, up a thing that that I that I that you wrote the line in the the Triumph uh, short where yes. they went to Star Wars. That which one of these buttons calls your mom to pick you up? Right. Which was very. Which is one of the funniest memories in my head of any comedy thing. Uh, and I've, I've I've talked about this a bit on the show before with nick but i always i 30 rock was a very fascinating place to me mm-hmm. what, what what was it like in there you're, you're in new york city and you're and at this point you're you're probably you, you like you're have moved towards eating more fine dining at this point right but in there like what was dinner like in, in a, like working at conan at that point would you just get like was it just trash a lot of the time or would you get kind of nicer food or what, what, what's your memories of that? Uh, are, very, you're looking at me like a weirdo. I'm not looking at you like a weirdo. Okay. All right. You're just, you're, you're just staring. At I think that's just my time. default fret and default face. Oh, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's very, um, it's very interesting. Uh, because in, at Goldberg's, we kind of have uh, food brought in and it's sort of a buffet line for lunch. Right. And uh, at late night, you had to fend for yourself for uh, for lunch. You'd go down to the cafeteria uh, like a bunch of animals, <laughs> and uh, and then if invariably we would be staying late, so they would order out food, mm-hmm. and and uh, and that was like you would circle stuff, and and um, and pretty much my memory is it was pretty great offerings it was like great local barbecue places from times square and mm-hmm. um it was pretty high grade um 
Did you want me to dig out the names of the places? Oh, no, 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 no. That, that, that's, that's it, just, We're looking for some Times Square barbecue wrecks from, <laughs> from the late 90s. Just the idea. I mean, uh, that, I'm to remember the name of the place that was, it was pretty good. It but you, you, you said you would go to, you would go to the restaurant for, you would go to like the NBC, uh, like commissary for lunch, basically? Yes. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. I, I and am you a, would see all the all the bright lights, Matt Lauer on one side and and Al Roker on the other. Uh, <laughs> Charlie Rose grabbing himself a plate. <laughs> Tom Brokaw, all the Just legends. All the great, Wait a minute, all the great now fallen heroes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's a fascinating. I mean, I, 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 I'm sorry, Jesus, Nick. Is there anyone? What, we you, can, what are you? <laughs> Nick is Nick is Nick is Nick is Nick is giving me a look like this. I'm is not giving you any sort off. of look. You're, right. you're in, this Nick, is in you your have head. A, a naturally critical look. I don't agree with him. <laughs> your resting face is one of judgment and critique. <laughs> I think that's interesting stuff. It is me. interesting. I think it's fine. It's good to get this insight. Mm-hmm. I wasn't eyeing you critically. I was looking at you normally. Would you, would, at this point, uh, a, a, a young man working in, in TV, would you, would, did you have any fa- like favorite places in, in the city that you would go to? Oh, good question. Um, I know every once in a while I, w- I like to treat myself to Sardi's, which was my my father was a, a press agent uh, in the in the late '60s in New York, so that was sort of this great thing of you know connection to to the past and all mm-hmm. the Broadway people that would be in there. Um, uh, by that point, I think I did, you know, I did actually love Ruth Chris because it was such a consistently good steak meal. Oh, so there's one in the city that you would go to. What, sorry, there was a Ruth's Chris in in New York. Oh City? yeah, they, oh, wow, yeah okay. they, that was the one that I went to. Was the one probably around Times Square was the first one that I went. Can we stop for a second? Well, yeah, why not? I just smell. Did you smell smoke or something? I I want I want to make sure it that smells gaseous. Yeah, do you, you smell that too? Okay, I don't smell it. All right, we'll 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 take a break while Mitch investigates this mystery smell. We'll be right back with more Doughboys. Today's episode of Doughboys is brought to you by Helix Wags. I've had a Helix mattress now for six years, maybe seven years. Wow. It's been a while. It was pre-pandemic. I know that much. Man. I know. And you know what? My sleep has greatly improved. I love my Helix mattress. It's like a cloud. Wally and Irma sleep in there together. They love it. They don't want to leave the bed. You. I don't want to leave the bed. Probably bad for you. You know what? Anytime I'm late here, blame it on Helix. Wow. I'm sleeping away. The Helix lineup offers 20 unique mattresses, including the award-winning Lux Collection, the newly released Helix Elite Collection, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and even a mattress made just for kids. So how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? Take the Helix Sleep Quiz and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door free of charge. Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Everybody is unique, Wags, and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side. Models with a more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in stomach and back sleeping positions. Plus, enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night, which is a problem for me. I heat up. Problem for me, too. 
And if your spine needs some extra TLC, they got you. Every Helix mattress has a hybrid design, combining individually wrapped steel coils in the base with premium foam layers on top. It's the perfect combination of comfort and support. Wags, I took the Helix sleep quiz and I was matched with a Moonlight Lux mattress because I wanted something that felt nice and soft, just like me. Wow. And not only is the mattress the best you've ever slept on, but the setup was fast and easy, as you were telling me. Helix mm-hmm. mattresses are delivered in a box and straight to your door for free. You know what? Ross Kimball helped me set it up. Good guy, Ross. Shout out to Ross. Plus, Helix mattresses all come with a 10 or 15 year warranty, depending on the model. And now Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash doughboys and use code HELIXPARTNER20. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Helix Partner 2-0. Spoonman, I've always struggled with finding time to manage my finances. At the end of a busy week podcasting, the last thing I want to do is spend time budgeting all of my expenses or tracking down customer service teams to cancel old subscriptions I no longer use. But now I use Rocket Money, and it does all of that for me. That's right, Wags. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. With Rocket Money, I have full control over my subscriptions and a clear view of my expenses. I can see all of my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, Rocket Money can help me cancel it with a few taps. I love how the dashboard shows me this month's spending compared to last month so I can clearly see my spending habits. Plus, They'll help me create a custom budget and keep my spending on track. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. Wow. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with customer service for you, Wags. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Bye-bye, Doughboys Double. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash doughboys. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, Mitch, I got something I really need to get off my chest. Let's hear it, Wags. What's up? I've been having problems. Oh, no. Well, Wags, we, we all carry around stressors, big and small. It's true, and when we keep them bottled up. It can start to affect us negatively, like my problems. Well, therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Wags, what's on your chest? Let's see. Problems, issues, difficulties, struggles, the whole lot. Well, how do you feel getting them off your chest? A lot better. Well, Wags, you know what? It makes sense because anytime I use therapy, I feel better. Mm. It's like going to the gym for your mind. You get the gunk out. You feel better. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself, and it isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Wags, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Doughboys today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Doughboys. Welcome back to Doughboys. We took a break to investigate 
the mystery smell. Mm-hmm. We still don't know quite the source. A, a candle was burning earlier. Perhaps it just can, burned its way down. A candle was burning for a couple hours. Okay. So maybe that was what it was. Yeah. We, we, Emma and I thought it was a little more plasticky smelling. So mm. I, I got very I got very nervous quickly. Yeah. Hey, I jumped right to action, Nick. You got to give me credit. I lit a stroller on side just outside on <laughs> fire right outside the door if that's <laughs> that could have that that smells exactly Nick is that Found what it a, in the trash lit it on fire <laughs> Nick is that what a what a melting stroller would smell like Come on what <laughs> this is a thing I've encountered before Um uh yeah no everything everything seems to be okay I checked on the cats they were fine. Okay. I think it's going to be fine. If they, mm-hmm. if we have any sort of other emergency, we always interrupt the podcast and oh, man. stand up and go see what's going on. A legendary day. If, if, if we died while recording, if we like passed out and died while recording. Mm. I want it to happen. It would be interesting. It would be, it, I feel like people would want to get their hands on the recording of this. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, you know what? If we end up, uh, this end up be, ends up being the episode where we uh, die of smoke inhalation during recording, we won't mm-hmm. know it, but you guys can take to social media and uh, acknowledge that with the hashtag Carbon Monox Died. It's going to light on fire. Yeah. Do you know my, my, my Nana's, was it brother or was it her, her uncle? I think maybe it was her uncle died in the the Coconut Grove fire, uh, which is was was way back. Was that like a nightclub or something? What was that? It was yeah. It was basically like kind of like a like a nightclub bar in Quincy. I set that fire, Whitey. <laughs> <laughs> Whitey possibly was. Alive I realize I have for three that. other voices <laughs> that are all exactly the same as Whitey Bulger. Now that I look back on it, the Coconut Grove fire when it was a was a premier nightclub in the 30s and 40s in Boston, Massachusetts post prohibition and then but the crazy thing about this without looking too much into it is that the the, the uh, I won't the, so it, it happened on in 1942 the year my dad was born whoa oh so my nana was like maybe it was just her brother but um so basically it was the reason that you know how there's ro- like revolving doors yeah the reason that there's doors with like swinging doors that swing like regular doors next to them is because of that they got, fire they got stuck and people were they got out. stuck and people were like and bodies piled up on like Jesus. people fell and then it was only the revolving door that's so grim that's like something you'd see in apocalypse in an apocalyptic movie yeah yeah and, and then also it set was, in a club <laughs> <laughs> the apocalyptic movie set in a club right and then uh <laughs> when they went in like there was like crazy things it was like there was a BC game and there would have been more people in there except the BC lost or something. But the crazy Boston thing, college is that Boston college. Okay. Yeah. But the crazy thing about it is that like when they like went to find people, people were like frozen in place because Jesus. like this, like there was like a ton of things that were like went wrong. Like the, because like the stuff in the, the things that caught on fire, like the drapes were like, they were toxic. So like people oh, like right. died and frozen, like froze, like the way they were sitting basically. Right. And then there were, it was, there was like, like a blast of flame kind of, it was just, like the toxins just like killed people instantly yeah. or something like that. They inhaled it and they like, why would they be uh, the, the, still, they, they like, were just like standing, sitting, or? like they're yeah, just like st- sitting, sitting. Oh yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the deal is, but it, it was also like, like the floor, like right above the club, there was a carbonite factory. Oh Jesus. 
and then kind of leaked down when <laughs> they were, they the were ceiling fr- gave They way. were frozen in place. You could, yeah. fa- you could fact check this. I mean, I'm probably wrong on some of this, but mm-hmm. but then also it was like the sort of thing where like they went to the where the exits, there were like emergency exits, and they went to where the ex- exits were, and it was like a door that opened up into like brick. Like it was like a oh, fake wow. emergency exit. Oh, my God. Yeah. So it was like a terrible, terrible fire. Yeah, that's, that's like triangle shirtwaist t- factory territory. Mm-hmm. Boy. So just so you know, a lot of my doors are like that, too. <laughs> Mitch, that's a problem. I know. What is your reaction when you're like, oh, I found my way out. You open the door and it's a brick wall. And it's a brick wall. I know. That's got to give you a real yeah. feeling of like, fuck everything. You're to die in such a Looney Tune fashion. <laughs> yeah. That's such a, that's, it's insane. But yeah, that's how my, I think my, my grandma's brother died. That's was awful. That fire. Well, how I'm grisly sorry. to your family. Thank you. It's, we're still upset about it. <laughs> Yeah, you seem pretty broken up about this relative. You can maybe remember who it was. So we're at Ruth's Chris. We went to the Beverly Hills location. Uh, I, Only I, one revolving door in that location. <laughs> there were no yeah. other doors. <laughs> um, I, and I got. A, I grabbed my seat at a bar, and, and no one was. No one was late. I don't. And Mitch, I know you're sensitive about that. I'm not accusing anyone of being late. We all arrived within the window of the reservation that you set, which was very nice of you. So thank you for taking the care Boston of that. The Boston Celtics were playing the Seventy Sixers. Right. The Celtics beat the Seventy Sixers in Game One, and then mm-hmm. we we went to the the restaurant afterwards. Um, so while I was sitting at the bar. I got myself a cocktail i got the french quarter 75 which is botanist gin saint germain elderflower liqueur la marca prosecco and lemon served in a champagne flute refreshingly citrusy i found mm-hmm. uh sweeter than other i've had a french 75 it's a cocktail i've had before this was like a little bit of a sweeter version of it do you but it work was good. for it was, the people who make the menu refreshingly citrusy is that what you said that was my characterization <laughs> it's not on the menu no it's not i'm not reading the menu description that's how i i i, I know i'm shocked Jesus, sorry. Sorry for liking something. Well, I'm sorry for saving Stop your ass. Stop looking at him with such judgment, Nick. <laughs> saving my ass? What are you talking about? I blew out that candle. I searched for a fire. You like, save, what are you talking about? You taking- set that fire so you could be a hero. Yeah. I save your ass every episode. <laughs> Not true. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I, not, not too boozy, light, a nice little, uh, aperitif, a nice little thing to, mm. to get it started. Um, and then, uh, and, and Andy arrived. Yeah, when, I got, and, when I got in, you were pretty shit-faced. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Andy arrived and, and, and then Mitch arrived shortly thereafter. Oh, they had fuck some, off. you were the last one there. And, uh, I actually didn't know what the dynamic is, uh, in terms of who's late. And mm-hmm. I, and in, in the, with Myra, I am always late. Right. So. Mm-hmm. I tried to be on time, but then I also got uh, obsessive about the parking spot. Yes, the parking. You was, didn't get a ticket, by the way, right? I did not get a ticket. No. He parked in a twenty-minute spot, which I saw, and I didn't take because I doubted myself. Mm-hmm. I parked in the twenty-minute spot, but I did. I, I had to investigate to see if it was okay, right. and it said eleven minutes on the meter. So I just put in the eleven minutes. No ticket. It was good. A tricky area. That Beverly Hills. This is we're, tough. We're, tough we're, parking. We're right in there. This is on Beverly Boulevard. Yeah, right. Beverly there. Hills sucks. What a yeah. shitty city. I yeah. hate it. It's it's just like it's so like. Uh, like this is this is one thing like like the city wide they have an ordinance for no overnight street parking, mm-hmm. which is just like it's so it's so restrictive towards people who don't have like a like a reserved parking space or a driveway or just need to leave their car somewhere it's because they yeah they don't want people like in or around Loitering. their neighborhood yeah yeah exactly, exactly. Yeah. and it, it it is just like this this cloistered sort of like where ultra rich people and then people who like to pretend like they're ultra rich leave yeah. and, and so like it's 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 kind of a dreadful 
city that you never, never want to venture like the into old, unless like, you can't avoid it. Like the, like when the, I'm enjoying my exorbitantly priced steak, I like free parking on the street. <laughs> <laughs> I think any, anyone who like, like when they're like, Oh, like, uh, like Rodeo drive is, I think anytime you glamor, who care? Like fancy shopping. Yeah. Ugh, that sucks. Yeah. That's terrible. Yeah. I don't on, like to shop, period. I have the th- three shirts I wear, as you know. On that note, I wasn't uh, sure what to wear when I, I actually spent a good deal of time looking at my yes. wardrobe mm-hmm. because I was almost certain you would, as as expected, wear a Pat's cap and, uh-huh. uh, and a T-shirt. You That's... dressed it up a little bit, Mitch, wearing uh, an open button-down <laughs> shirt. <laughs> Mitch, you, then, you also weirdly, you, Mitch, you didn't have a baseball cap, which I'd never no, seen. No, you did have a baseball cap. I, did, I, oh, I had it. You know, right. I took it off when I got in the restaurant. Yeah, you took that's, it off. That's, that's, that's what right. it was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, gotcha. I ate with, at dinner. I, t- I took the hat off. But and sorry. then Nick, I wasn't sure. I knew you would wear a button-down shirt yeah. in my head, but I also envisioned that maybe you would wear a sport coat. Is I that, did not. Is that, un, is that atypical for you, or did I just make that up in my head? Uh, I mean, I, I you were wearing a sport coat. You were very dapper because I I like when I go to a, a steak place to feel, and also I had a plaid shirt on, so I wasn't going crazy. But I like to feel a little bit like right. I'm like I'm in the Rat Pack. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I, I expected I have, yeah. you to come dressed as a full minion. <laughs> <laughs> I have sport coats, but I was I was I just sort of wore like a a zip up uh, sw- pullover sweater that was like oh this is this is like kind of a midpoint between uh, mm-hmm. th- this is like nice enough because yeah I know that I know I know it's like also in a touristy it, I know tourists will go there so it wasn't going to be like people like dressed to the nines it is definitely it has that quality of a franchisee kind of like, yeah you can dress however you want there um, but then we so we we got some uh, I got they gave us gave me some bread at the bar which mm-hmm. I had transferred over to the table yeah which we care it was a, a whole fascinating move you guys you guys weren't too happy about it because you wanted fresh bread she I was like hey we'll get you some fresh bread and you go no that's fine and we, Andy and I wanted some fresh bread <laughs> but I had like I had this the, they gave me like a whole loaf of bread for myself while I was waiting. I had like one piece of it. It was just sitting there with a full thing First of, of all, butter. why did you get yourself a loaf of bread? I didn't. Add, they just gave it to me. They just put it in front of me. With the, and you couldn't I was, have waited to order your drink, you fucking alky. You could have waited two minutes to order your fucking drink, for God's sake. I was there. It's and, Mr. Weiger. Get him his bread. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> two minutes. You were there early. Anyways. Go, moving on. We won't get into times. <laughs> so for you, it was more of guilt that you had not eaten the bread. I was like, I don't want this bread to go to waste. And then we get... so That's she, definitely she, a different, very different ethic she, than I would have, which is we're spending a fortune there. So right. She brings the bread over and she says, ah, too bad. I would have eaten this bread if you had left, if you said you didn't want it. So you took it away from the poor girl who I was going to eat the bread. bread. I didn't realize that was gonna, that was what was going on there. I didn't realize Get this some was new something she was going to scavenge. <laughs> yes, new- I know. I learned my lesson. I should have just gotten the new bread because the bread wouldn't have gone to waste because this employee would have taken it home. So I feel bad about that. But I wanted to acknowledge that was what happened. Also, by the way, they probably throw out bread every night at this place. Yeah, I know. They obviously throw out bread every night. There's so much food wasted in America that I didn't want to contribute. A shame. To the I agree with you. Then you know what? You should eat that whole fucking loaf of bread yourself. <laughs> I'm gonna speed eat a loaf of bread while I'm sitting at the bar. <laughs> so they, this here was an interesting dynamic too. We had white napkins, mm-hmm. and she offered to switch us out for black napkins. I loved this. I loved it too. I was like, I don't even know why this happened, but we said yes, of course, and they did it, and it was. Why great. would they ever have white napkins? I don't know. Why would they ever have white tablecloths? I don't yeah. know. 
it's the it's the most obvious, brilliant. Th- I guess the white tablecloth is to show how clean everything yeah. is. Yeah. But yeah, you when you wipe your face, you, it's immediately going to get dirty. Why do you want that uh, saucy napkin? Yeah. yeah. Why do you want that evidence? <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. It's also like it's it's like a cool move that you have the you have the white napkins and you have the option like right away like ooh do I want to switch it up I was gonna say no yeah it, uh, to sound all Weiger like because I didn't want her to do something else and then uh, she she kind of well everyone else was excited by it and also she seemed very willing to to get us black yeah. napkins um it and it, 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 it this place is it is it is a fancy place I, I know this it's it's it is like we said before it's gonna be this is a special occasion place for a lot of people who listen to the podcast uh but it, but it is weird because it is it is a chain right and, and it is a place that exists in a lot of areas it's also a weird place to go on a random Monday night yes at like 8 45 p.m mm-hmm. and you know that obviously it is a place that i think probably is you know gets most of its business on the weekends i would guess mm-hmm. and around you know special occasion times your your proms and and what have you uh is, is when it has a lot of people in there um and uh uh andy is showing our engineer something on his phone <laughs> She's giving the, the okay sign. I'm not sure what's going on here. <laughs> uh, sorry, I was trying to not inflict the same thing I do on our podcast, which is constantly asking about my mic. Oh, because okay. I say, I feel like you guys sound very present mm. and clear, and this may be my ability on a mic. And I feel like I sound uh, echoey and like I'm not on mic. You sound great. Okay, great. Yeah, I think it so might just, just be what's going own. on in your cans. Um, yeah, oh yeah, maybe just the cans. Um, I saw it, and he asked if he could move to a chair further away from me. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Can you switch places with me? <laughs> she went, okay, and then didn't move. <laughs> but it, it was a pretty empty restaurant. It um, was empty. Yeah. And so yeah, then, we closed the place. We, we closed did, it yeah. down. We, we also, there seemed to be some sort of event in the back. There seemed to be a birthday or something. Oh, was there? Oh, that might have been something it. going on. There yeah. were a bunch of people in the other room. Mm-hmm. There's, there's kind of two dining rooms there. And, and so our, our main server, Alex, kind of took it from there. And Alex did a very nice Alex job. Alex was great. He yeah. did a great job. Very, very nice. uh, he knowledgeable was okay. man. Oh, come oh. on. <laughs> <laughs> I, have some, I have some questions about Alex. Mm. I think, generally speaking, yes, he did a fine job. Yes. Uh, so we started off with some... Uh, oh, do you guys want to talk about your drinks real quick before I get in the apps? I got a Hurricane, which yes. is kind of a... Uh, a rum-based fruity drink, which I enjoyed. It was good. It like a, it. You know what? This I'll say. This is the a big difference. Is like you could taste the rum, and the like. If say if you got this this drink at Chili's, it would taste it would taste so sugared out. Even yeah, though it is absolutely. a sugary sweet drink, but like you could actually taste the rum. It was more well balanced than probably what you would get at at a, at a Chili's or something. Oh, Mitch, are you reading that off the menu description? <laughs> Is that an impression of yeah, me? That's what you sound like, you doof. I sound fucking deep voiced and <laughs> sexy. Is that Bill Clinton, Nick? <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny that's Bill Clinton. The hell? That's my bit. <laughs> it's mine now, baby. Where's Monica? <laughs> I was in Mr. Show. <laughs> Uh, I had a, a ginger coconut lemon drop just oh, because yes. I was trying to, you know, uh, for the show, really. Right. Uh, uh, Not your normal up. drink. No, and that had uh, Kettle One vodka, coconut uh, vodka, um, ginger liqueur, house-made ginger-infused syrup. 
uh, lemon juice and candied ginger. A lot I didn't of realize how much there. ginger there was in that. Yeah. yeah, and it was very tasty. It had sugar r- around the rim, and uh, not my usual drink because I usually uh, try and keep it clean. And then I did get a uh, a vodka martini later with just regular olives. I don't how care was that? For the blue truth. It's very tasty. It was very 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 b- normal. Mm. What I expected and hoped for. You don't like blue cheese olives, is what you're saying? I feel like the blue cheese olives is too much for a. For a drink. I will drink, say, though, yeah. have you guys done, I always pronounce it wrong, Lowry's? La- Lowry's. Lowry's. We have Lowry's. not done a Lowry's, no. Uh, we lo- well, please let me know. <laughs> you're going to go to another insanely high price <laughs> meal. Please invite me. We we love, just we're, we're, both, we're both big fans of Lowry's. I like I the Lowry's love it. I really enjoy it. And one of the things that, to me, was a revelation there is they have a drink, I don't remember what it's called, uh, where it's... Um, it's vodka and then uh, the olives stuffed with Lowry, Lowry's steak. Whoa. Oh Lowry's God. roast beef. And it's and I was like, this is going to be weird. And I think also there's a little bit of horseradish in those olives. That's okay. insane. And it's amazing. It's, good, it's yeah, one of, of the course. greatest things I've ever yeah. had. Yeah. Uh, Lowry's, here's what I'll say. And there's a couple things I have to say about Ruth's Chris. One, the name is strange. Ruth's Chris. Yeah, the etymology of it, of it, as I as I mentioned in my intro, intro. is the is that she, the owner had bought the restaurant it was called Chris Steakhouse. Her name was Ruth Fertel. She bought it and she named Ruth's it Ruth's Chris. Chris. And she had to do that for legal reasons, like she couldn't uh, okay. keep it the, the original business name. Very strange. Yeah, Ruth's it is strange. Chris. And the, but but um, it's ex- it is expensive. And I, 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 Lowry's, which is an expensive restaurant, I think you couldn't probably get out of there. Maybe. W- spending less but i will say this oh can you i i, I, I used to poor shopper there I, I think i think if if you do like the the roast beef dinner even like the biggest cut which is 60 dollars, that includes your sides and and your salad like they they give you they give you quite a bit with that right but but i mean also too like at your average lowry's visit th- this was i think an excessive ruth's chris visit because sure. we got two apps and by the way we i was gonna four say four sides we Al- got two desserts alex kind of upsold Standard us for me <laughs> <laughs> alex kind of upsold us too on the on the uh on on what to get but but besides that, he sure did, didn't he, he Mitch? He he he, he did. But I, I thought he was you're, good. Your hero, Alex. I am still on the Alex bandwagon. Uh, the I thought Alex he did his bandwagon. Good, he did his job. I liked Alex too. I, I, I want to start off by saying the bread was great and the butter is good. Like, yeah. They, uh, even if it was Nick's recycled bread that we had to eat, they gave us new bread and they gave us new bread. They gave us new bread. It was great. And then uh, I believe I take responsibility for having requested another bread after that, which we because we finished that bread, and that was. He, he, Alex, to his credit, said, that's very hot. And I believe I picked it up no less than three times in two minutes. They were there. <laughs> like I couldn't stop picking it up like an animal. Just yeah. like, I had to get to the bread. Ow! I got to get to the bread. Ow! It, like was so hot. All, all within the span of, yeah, I think a minute. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was cartoonishly hot. Like it really, like it singed your hands. It, it didn't it, stop me. Yeah. I, 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 and I even tried to help you. I think a minute after you did it and I touched it and it still burned my hand through yeah. the napkin. It was very hot. You bread. thought around it though. You picked it up through the cloth. Oh, do, yeah, even yeah, through yeah. the cloth that was too hot. It was, right? too, it was still too hot through the yeah. cloth. That's, that is a thing here. I like that the plates are all hot and stuff, but you you can, you might be careful because you can burn your fingers you at this place. You absolutely can, yeah. Well, that presentation of the sizzling butter to me is is mystical. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's get into the food a little bit. So our our, our apps, we had the barbecued shrimp, which was shrimp in, in reduced white wine, butter, garlic, and spice. And we had the veal, also buco, ravioli, which was saffron-infused pasta with sautéed baby spinach and a white wine demi-glaze. Um, I, th- I like both these apps. They're both mm. modest portions. Like, mm-hmm. they're, they're, you know, for sharing, uh, honestly, for three guys sharing 
food. I think there were five shrimp. There were five shrimp total, and, and I think there might have been six raviolis. No, yeah. I think there were five raviolis. I think there were four raviolis. Were there, there four? No, okay. Be, oh, no, there must have been five, because you had two. I had two. You guys each had, had one, one and, and then you guys had, yeah, one and a half. Yeah. yeah. And I had one shrimp. Mm-hmm. Just to be fair, just so everyone knows. You're a real gentleman about uh, when uh, at at eating, because I actually listened to a little bit of the Morton's uh, podcast, and you would have preferred the jumbo or the regular shrimp cocktail. Right. And you sort of let uh, let it be, let it be sort of moved to the barbecue shrimp I'll instead. Def- I'll defer to the table uh-huh. yeah. because I think you know it's uh, it, it's I think we should all get something we enjoy. If we were if if I was ordering, I mean, I might get something different. But also, it's like an opportunity to try something new. And I thought the barbecue shrimp was good, and I thought the asabuco ravioli was also good. Asabuco ravioli, maybe not what I would want in terms of an appetizer, mm-hmm. just because it's pretty heavy. It's, it's a strange. It is a strange appetizer, and and I don't lo- I don't normally eat veal. It was it was good. Mm-hmm. It, the the Andy, you pointed out the sauces were very similar on they both were of, yeah right. on both of the apps, which was odd. Yeah, which was odd. And I, you know, I, no, now that I think about it, in Mastros they had a a kind of an a very meaty uh, ravioli. Mm-hmm. Might have been an Asso Busco too. So it's strange that that is a bit like uh, an increasingly basic thing at a steakhouse. Yeah, which it's like a dinner dish. To it's, me. it's too much, too similar similar to the thing you're about to have as an entree. In many ways, it's it's really strange. But yeah. nonetheless, we chose it. We <laughs> ate the crap out of it. We chose it, and I thought it was good. I, I, I like both things. With chilled seafood, with, with like with some of the chilled, because there was a big seafood stack, and then the the, and then just the regular shrimp, the cocktail shrimp, uh, shrimp cocktail. Uh, the, both of those are just kind of like they're too. That I was one of the people who was against it, just because they're kind of basic to me. Mm. Because you know it's going to be good quality, and then I'm like, well, what is the, you know what I mean? What's the big, what what is the deal in eating this? It's the quality. I mean, if you, if you go to a place that has good quality seafood, it's yeah. like, oh, this is good. I guess good a steak stuff. is just more prepared. You know what I mean? Like it's actually prepared. Or yeah. Whatever. I don't know. I know. I, you feel like they're doing more work. They're doing right. more work. They're cooking it. You know. I don't know. I, with 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 chilled seafood, I know that you still have to prepare. Chris, you can it, make but. that argument at any chilled seafood place. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And I, I just think like I don't know. I I, I thought something that was that was actually cooked and, and prepared felt like a better appetizer. So I, I, I take the fall for that. I mean, it's a very, it's like, it, it, it's kind of a very simple, uh, like, like a, a understanding of food. If you're thinking that like heat has to be applied in order for it to be a dish, in order for something to be prepared. It's like, is sushi not prepared? There's like a craft behind it. Like someone has to make a dish still. Can, Can you, you grill some- up this sashimi for me? Yeah. <laughs> I just feel like you got to earn your money, folks. <laughs> I'm going to fucking put some heat on you after this podcast, that's my man. You're pushing it a little far with me tonight. Are you going to light me on fire? Like, whatever fire you got brewing elsewhere in here that's going to immolate us? Also, if one of you killed the other one, that would be great for the podcast. It would be, honestly. (laughs) I was there just before it happened. I would continue the podcast in jail with Whitey as my co-host. Great. I think they'd let you get a Zoom recorder into the, the cafeteria food today was okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real niche audience for this prison food podcast. Uh, you have to be incarcerated you, in a specific you, place in Nassau County. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, I don't. I, I also wasn't very against shrimp cocktail. Yeah, I would yeah. have gotten it, by the way. Jesus Christ! No, but, it's fine. But I'm, but I'm saying you I'm did just, have a you had a a statement about it though. Yeah. I, did, I did have a statement about the the seafood tower in particular. I don't know. You know how good. 
just chilled seafood can be, right? I don't know. Yeah, I think, I'm I always a little overwhelmed by the seafood terror, so I was of two minds. That's of just much, like yeah. wanting it, yeah. wanting to go for it while I was with you guys. Not yeah. that I wouldn't have gone for it in any other situation, but definitely here. Mm-hmm. But then also, I kind of feel the same. I'm always sort of like, all right, this is enough with the seafood. I, yeah. I think the I think the whole like that the seafood tower is excessive, but I think like a, you know like a, I like just a shrimp a shrimp cocktail. But I understand your point, Mitch, and it and it's fine. Let's 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 talk about sides a little bit. Uh-huh. Uh, so we got the we got four um four of them. We got the lobster mac and cheese, which was Alex's recommendation. We got mm-hmm. the creamed spinach, which they say is a classic on their menu, and then we also got the sweet potato casserole, which I think you wanted, Andy, and yeah. some classic mashed potatoes. Yeah, um, which were kind of garlicky too. They were they they had a they had a good amount of garlic in the mashed potatoes. And also, too, I, 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 while I can mention that, because that, that, that came out with our, our entree, another thing that, that we got along with that was the Ruth's Dipping Trio, which is That's an right. add-on. Black truffle butter, shiitake demi-glaze, and honey soy glaze. And he particularly recommended, Alex recommended putting the ba- black, tuff, black truffle butter sorry, uh, on the on those mashed potatoes. And or, or, or in with the, the, the mac and cheese. And with so. the mac and cheese as well. Um I will and say I'll I say the shiitake uh, sauce was very good too. I didn't like the I didn't like the soy honey glaze. I wasn't crazy about any of these sauces. Oh, I no. agree with Nick. Oh, yeah. I liked I like did you try the shiitake one? I did. I thought the, the shiitake one, one was the, I agree with you that that was the best of the three, but the black truffle butter I'm just like eh, it's a little too truffly. Uh, mm-hmm. the honey soy glaze was just too sweet and cloying for me and and the shiitake demi glaze I thought was was a decent mushroom sauce, but I mean I, I feel like spending 9 bucks or however much we spent for yeah. three little dipping cups was just mm-hmm. like I felt like I was being upsold for I not much gain. I agree 100%. And I think going back to horseradish, I assume they have that as some version on the menu. I think that would have been something closer yeah. to, or a Bernays or a peppercorn or anything right. that yeah. feels like it's more of a compliment, whereas it felt like these sauces were sort of fighting to the credit of the steak, what was already a really good taste in the steak, mm-hmm. independent of the sauces. So Yeah, for sure. I, uh, I, have, a, I, have, a, I have something that I want to announce. I think lobster mac and cheese is whack. Mitch, we fought a second ago, but I agree with you. Oh my god. It's unnecessary. I will I will say that it's I never thought I'd see this accord happen. <laughs> the lobster mac accord. <laughs> this is like South Korea and North Korea meeting in a demilitarized zone. Uh the yeah, I agree. You, it's an it's a it's a hat on a hat. You don't need the mac and cheese is mm. decadent enough. You throw mm-hmm. some lobster on there, the lobster gets overcooked because it's sitting on that hot cheese mm-hmm. and it, it's it's it can sometimes be rubbery and it's just like it's it's they're competing with each other. Do you know where I, it's I not like whack? Is that the fat cat in Quincy, Massachusetts? It's the only place where I've ever liked lobster. Oh, come on. What? This is just a plug for that <laughs> place. It's my godfather's son, my god brother. And he uh, does it's a fine. great restaurant. And that's the only place that does it well. I never like it anywhere. I, What's the I, distinction I, of that one? It's just a good cream. It's a nice mix. I always just feel like with every other lobster mac and cheese, this one this lobster kind of, go ahead. was just sitting on top of the mac and cheese. But go, go ahead. It kind of does <laughs> it almost feels like an impossible um um equation that they're trying to like right mm-hmm. like it's like almost like a like um uh oh jeez what what's the name of the the the, sh- the show that they <laughs> The, the the chefs fighting it out and uh, oh uh, chop, chopped chop, chopped or top no, chef or is from the previous generation whatever Iron Chef I, not Iron Chef. The uh, one where they send them into a restaurant, you got to figure it out, or send them into a. a this is the giant most giant supermarket sweep. No, they. It's the bunch <laughs> of chefs, and then one of them's gonna win. I mean, that's pretty general. I, that that's Chops. on Bravo. Top oh, chef, top right? Chef. Top chef. Top chef. You guys didn't mm-hmm. say top chef, did you? I think you might have said top chef. I think I might have said top chef. I think you didn't. <laughs> Rewind it. Oh, no, there was a lot of 
Emma's yeah. completely shut down. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the case, um, Emma's looking it at feels like a top chef. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be so worth it at this point now. It's going to be, uh, it, it feels like a top chef challenge of yeah. like, make it, it's going to have mac and cheese and lobster, but right, make yeah. it make sense yeah. to the palate. So, and we kind of knew that going in when yeah. we ordered it, but we not, were all Not that it was bad. The mac interested. and cheese itself no, was pretty good. And, and by it, the way, we've also finished that completely. Yeah, yeah. We, fin- I, we finished almost everything, which yeah, is we, insane. We had which a lot I of food. Gotta say, personally, I was very proud of because in the rest of my life, I think people, I say that I'm a glutton and it's gonna be upsetting to watch me eat. And people are like, yeah, come on. And then mm-hmm. they watch me like eating, you know, Pop Tart ice cream sandwiches, mm-hmm. followed by cookies, followed by, you know, all these things. And they usually go, like, this is really upsetting. Like, I really am worried <laughs> about what's happening here. And I feel like I was right in line with you guys. I thought I'd be outclassed. Yeah. No, we, 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 we've had a heavy, we're, we're, we're continuing on a heavy eating week, Nick, yeah. you and I. You want to pig out? Come out with the Doughboys. This yeah. is great. We won't make you it's feel a great bad about with yourself. The dough boys. We yeah. won't judge you. Um, I'll just say one more thing about the lobster we were, mac and but cheese. We were even we're wimps. So yeah, You're, what do you yeah. mean? I'm saying last night we kind of we 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 brought it more in other times. But. Right. I have. I had. I did wonder about that. Yeah. If it was if it was three quarter speed. Let me say one more thing about the lobster mac and cheese. Mm-hmm. I think it was not actually a good mac and cheese. I think it was more like a hot macaroni salad. Not mm-hmm. enough cheese. Too much bechamel. Let's talk about the other sides real quick. Then we got to get into our steaks. Cream spinach, mashed potato. Sweet potato casserole, cream spinach, and the sweet potato casserole were the standouts for me. I thought the mashed potatoes were all right. They were, they were I totally fine. The mashed fine potatoes right were good. Middle. I thought they were a little bit um, too yeah. liquidy. I get what you're saying. Right. Yep. Uh, I really, I, I liked them, and they were a good compliment to the steak, but they were just almost, too, I don't know if it's too much butter or yeah, garlic a little, sauce. A little, or a little like runny. Yeah. I, I, I'll say, though, that the, like, the taste of them was good, and so for that, I, I gave them a pass. I know, I know what you're saying. My issue... The sweet potato, but for the record, I've had astonishingly good uh, mashed potatoes at Ruth Chris in the past. So oh, yeah. interesting. Oh, okay. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That there's possibly a consistency issue. Yeah. The, the sweet potato casserole I liked a lot, but it, it felt very desserty. It me. is a dessert. It's, yeah. very, it's well, very sweet. My issue. I just yeah. lo- I will take dessert at any course. Oh yeah, yeah. Right, I, I kind of like it as an excuse to have a little sweet treat. It also burned the fucking shit out of my mouth. Uh, oh, I, it came I, out piping it hot. It was so hot. Well, you did stick so your long. hand in as soon as it came to the table. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you. <laughs> it was the my bread equivalent. I was I immediately took it like way <laughs> sure. too fast, and then it was like I let that sit on my plate for like twenty minutes, and then I took a bite again, and it was still so <laughs> really? hot. It was in, I mean the plates are hot, but it was still so so hot after you everything really, else had cooled. You you really have to like kind of stir that stuff up and remove that top layer a little bit to let it cool because everything. I mean it's it's like that top layer of that almost coffee cake like crispy yeah. I thought that was wonderful it, really it was great that. Mm-hmm. it was really really great uh, you know I thought, the, I thought the cream spinach was good but it didn't like blow me it was it was oh, it was okay it was a good cream spinach yeah. I, I liked it yeah good I liked it more than the mashed potatoes I guess is why I'd put it kind of put it on the okay. higher tier what were you gonna I, say I know I kind of agree I feel like the cream spinach I think it's a necessity and I always get it at a steak place and I think that was one of my yes. biggest revelations once I started going to places like for this. sure um, and what a, an amazing compliment it is to steak. But, uh, and again, this was the, the Ruth Chris was the first time I'd experienced it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if my mind's playing tricks on me, but I believe they either do it differently there or just wasn't up to par last night with Ruth Chris general, mm. uh, cream spinach. Mm. Mm. Boy. Oh, I wonder now it felt almost a little bit too leafy. And and sort of thin, creamy, as opposed to a thick, kind of like you get a spoonful and it's sort of heaping. Kind I of. wonder if we were getting some some 
I think I wonder if end we're getting the, the la- exactly mm. end of the night last batches of things. I wonder if that might have been Here's, part all, of it. all this being said. I didn't think that these were 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 bad. Like I didn't think it was bad necessarily. They were all solid. Yeah. Sure, yeah. yeah, they were all solid. Uh, so let's talk about our steaks, and and we really went for it here. We got the porterhouse for two, and we also got the tomahawk ribeye, which had a big old bone. Like they weren't messing around. Now my uh, my pre research, uh, I was doing a little bit of a sting to see what they would say. So maybe mm-hmm. it was unfair. But I oh, this is maybe why you don't like Alex. <laughs> I, I, I think forgot this about this. Yeah, yeah. I, I had done research on the tomahawk steak which is essentially the same as the bone and ribeye, except it's got an absurd Fred Flintstone giant bone in it, Mm. which was appropriate for the evening, Mm -hmm. um, for the ceremony of it. But they basically say you're paying a premium just for the weight of the bone. Yeah. And that the way they prepare it, because it's grilled and it's not a wet preparation, Mm -hmm. um, you don't like, if it was a wet preparation, then the, the marrow and everything would melt into the preparation and it would end up in the steak, that extra taste. But it doesn't in this case, and therefore you're paying extra for the bone mm. um, when you don't need it. And I kind of asked Alex, and I, and I think if you look at the text of what Alex said, he didn't lie to us, because yeah. I did ask him directly, is there a taste difference between the tomahawk and the bone and ribeye? And he said no, mm-hmm. but he definitely was upselling to the tomahawk and right. talking about how what a huge portion it is and everything and it's like that's true but you're also paying for bone yeah i mean he was doing his job and then i pointed liar and i stood up <laughs> and shouted at him in the restaurant and there was silence for a moment it is which in his defense he handled well i mean he, he said you caught me yeah and he went to the back <laughs> he, he there was some tears in his eyes he did um, handle it well so yes. so we, we might direct entrapment <laughs> <laughs> which i thought was good i, I, I and I, we almost i was gonna go I, I i in my mind i was like oh we should just do the we should do the separate uh the the separate stakes which were the yes. same thing basically uh but then i was like why not we should do this we should and and he pitched this idea to us which we ended up getting we get these two things for two for three men for Mm -hmm. three i I guess so for four yes for four four. this thing for four for three men (laughs) um and then uh and then we get to have a little bit of everything and here's here's what i would say is because you know a lot of times if it's if you have to share something particularly a steak it's cumbersome and i actually Mm -hmm. mentioned this at the restaurant but here they'll carve it up for your table side and give it to you on your individual plates and so that makes it a little bit easier which was great uh i will say that the the i think think i liked of the meat we had so we had the you have the strip and the filet on the porterhouse and then you have the ribeye i think that strip was maybe my favorite the strip bite. was very very good it was the, really good i would say the filet was my least favorite it was just kind of like uh kind of like gray <laughs> not gray but it just like was like the least it was good flavor but mm-hmm. it just kind of was like not the best fillets can sometimes be a little indistinct because they don't yeah. have the marbling you know what's interesting is i think Mm, I don't know. I have a complicated opinion on this. First of all, one of the one I used to get fillets all the time, and then when I had the bone-in fillet, I was like, "Oh my god, this is a revelation!" Because it had more flavor, and I eventually evolved to um, getting more ribeyes for the flavor. I feel like the ribeye definitely had superior flavor, but was too fatty last night. Uh, Whereas the fillet of the porterhouse was the thing I found myself enjoying the most. Okay. 
But I don't know if it's an unfair thing because they were all on the same plate. So right. maybe it was benefiting from the taste and the oils and such. I thought the I thought the strip. What we were the New York's the yes. The, what it's the strip and the fillet. That's what you get in the porterhouse. And, and, yeah, and, and the and then the 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 tomahawk was its own thing. The, yeah, the ribeye. Yeah, the ribeye. The, the ribeye and the and the strip were, were like my two. They were both very very good. I really like. Li- I really enjoyed the uh, the ribeye. I mean, I like I like a, a, a fatty piece of meat, and also too that had like a really good char on it. Like yeah. they really they, really. Really did. It was maybe a little, we that ordered everything every between uh, medium rare and medium, right. and I think that the the uh, the ribeye was maybe closer, but definitely closer to medium rare, mm-hmm. if not right. Like it felt less towards medium, but that's fine. It's, it's, a, it's a thicker cut. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, were you guys yeah. happy with that? How it was done, or was it underdone? I, everything was fine. For I was me. I was wondering if you thought it was underdone because I was fine with it. But I, I always will go closer to medium. Yeah, mm, okay, and then, maybe even medium plus. Right. Yeah. So uh, I was which I know is you know verboten and it was amongst steak eaters, but. Is, is it, so was that a little too was that a little undercooked for you? It was a little bit rare okay. for me. However, mm-hmm. the good thing about the, having these sizzling plates is, as soon as it comes, then I can just kind of almost cook it a little bit more yeah. on the yeah. plate. It's mm-hmm. it's almost uh it, 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 it's almost the what's the what's the thing a teppanyaki sort of mm-hmm. grill like t- that 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 hot table in front of you um, with that hot plate. Uh, yeah, I I like I'm a medium rare guy. I think we we sort of you know settle on a middle ground, which is like a. On it, like medium rare plus is that what he called it? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I do. I, I do medium rare now. I, yeah. used to, I used to do. I used to be a medium well back in the day. Oh, really? Yeah. Yep. And now I've gone to medium rare. That's a that's a huge stretch. Mm-hmm. What made you change? I think just because my dad, the like he he always cooked steaks well done because it was that old thinking. The, all the Mitchells have heart problems, uh-huh. of course. Mm. Uh, and and so I think it was that sort of thing of like you cook the fat out of it. It was kind of like what he thought that was. So Right. And then so I was so used to like a bloody steak when I was little. I was like, oh, you don't want to eat blood or whatever. You know, and the, he had always prepared the steaks like medium well to well. You know, he ate his basically well done. And then as time went on and I went to John Thomas for the first time and I was like, ooh, this is like more flavor. I like when it's not as – it's not cooked as long or whatever. That's when I started to change, and I don't go rare though. I, like I like I, it, it medium rare is, is as low as I'll go. Yeah. And where do you guys stand? Because you were saying you like a fattier cut. Yeah. Like how far does that go for you? Hmm. I mean, I, I would. Uh, what do you mean exactly? Just, well, I guess like one of the revelations <laughs> I've had as a, as a meat eater over time is like um, pork belly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If it's not good, then I'm like, this is too fatty or whatever. But if it's like one of those melt in your mouth things, right. then I'll, I'll go, I'm like totally into it. Generally speaking, I don't want it to feel gristly in my mouth. I want to really mostly mm. taste the meat. And mm-hmm. I know a lot of people really do like that fat, chewy taste. Yeah, I don't shy away from the texture. I mean, I, that's, I'll take something that's very fatty and uh, something with some tendons in it. I, I, I mean, I'm not just eating like straight like lard i'm like but you know, you like know some people do like just the fat itself right you I, had a, like I, had a, I had a little fat from that ribeye last night and it was good but i don't like it to be just the fat by itself yeah, yeah there was a little piece of fat yeah. that was like way more edible than i thought it would be I'd yeah there's, i'll, I'll eat the pieces of fat off of a meat but yeah. It, but yeah like, like not like not just like a straight bar of lard from like the grocery store <laughs> it could have been it could it could have been your piece I, I didn't think that my piece was too fatty when i got it uh, i did wonder about that yeah. Uh, he maybe he he was he was angry at me about the, <laughs> the tomahawk <laughs> interrogation. You should this motherfucker. Like, here you go. You shouldn't have tested. Although this. he did ask, uh, uh, I, I misinterpreted the question. 
he was asking, okay, and do you want to keep the bone? And and I thought it was just to the table. Yeah. Like, do you want to have the bone there? And I said, oh, definitely. And then he put the bone on my plate, and I felt like I'd robbed you guys of that experience. No, that was great. Oh, that was, you, yeah, you, that was you the just, right move. You, you, you get that bone. Uh, I would have knocked that bone into a glass and spilled something. For sure. Uh <laughs> Uh, I was I was gonna say what's your steak number hashtag mm. what's your steak number because mm. I think we'll hear some interesting and cut what's a good one for the cut uh, hashtag what's your steak cut <laughs> <laughs> so obvious that, that bone was comically big it wasn't yeah, it was, it was, I can't believe we didn't size. did we take a picture with the bone I think I think some I think someone there was I took a, a, a picture of the bone I don't know if we took a picture of us like holding the bone well, like that's it's a big silly fish. you took a picture of a bone <laughs> <laughs> like I was snapping a dick pic mid yeah, covertly mid under meal. the table <laughs> here's my tomahawk <laughs> kept seeing lights going off from under the table <laughs> there's a thunderstorm under there <laughs> Then we finished it off with a little dessert. We had the white chocolate bread pudding, uh, mm-hmm. which is. Did we get a choice of 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 sauces? Because on the me- on the menu online it said Ooh. we get a choice of sauces. Oh, that would I think that would have gone better with a chocolate sauce, and we they didn't just, get it. They just gave These us a default sauce. He was really punishing me through the whole meal. <laughs> oh wait a minute, because it, it was a white chocolate sauce. Though. We just yeah, we yeah. just got one sauce, but I think on the maybe it varies different locations, but on the menu online it says there are four different sauces you can get, mm-hmm. um, and then the chocolate duo, which was chocolate cake with a chocolate mousse and then they had some berries on top it was basically like a chocolate molten like a lot although not very i actually really appreciated that particularly when i when i then added an ice cream order to the uh to the uh to the mess but uh i thought that was a great that was a great add-on. You got yeah, us. You, you got us three scoops of I think Hagen Dazs vanilla ice yeah. cream. Yeah. They should have all a mode like as that was strange yeah. that they didn't just or include it. Um, but they also had a weird. I think it was on the chocolate thing. Yeah, it, they had a, a thing that looked like it was a bowl of whipped cream on the side, but then beneath it was kind of a coffee pudding. That's yeah, right, that, that, that was the that mousse. Was the, that was one of the two chocolates. That yeah. was the chocolate mousse. Yeah. Oh, it's a duo. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah, now. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand, and that I wasn't as. Crazy that was about that it. was just fine, but I thought the chocolate cake was, and I'm such a sucker because I was so stuffed. But that chocolate molten lava cake or whatever, I loved it. I yeah, loved, that was very tasty, especially with mixing that ice cream in there. That was a clear winner the, for the, me. Those were those were good. This was pretty basic. The white chocolate bread pudding didn't do much for I me. Thought it, I thought that was pretty good too. But but I but I I get what you're saying. Yeah, but. I think especially when you start. Uh, when you add the ice cream to it, then it, it like took and and that for, the, and for the chocolate cake that took it up a notch for me. But mm-hmm. uh, I'm obsessed with white chocolate and will always immediately order that oh, like right. a sucker. I'm not a huge white on. chocolate fan. I, it's a lot of split votes on white chocolate. Yeah, it's, people have very strong opinions. It's polarizing. I, I had a former boss who was really into white chocolate. I won't say who, but that, but uh, Tina Fey, not a white chocolate uh, appreciator. I oh, know, because I had a conversation with her once, and I was like, I've made a grand misstep. <laughs> <laughs> I turned Tina Fey against me. <laughs> you know what? Al Jean, a big white chocolate fan. Oh, really? okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, but uh, I, I, that chocolate. The, of cho- the Simpsons. Of the Simpsons, yeah. Oh, all right. The, the, the chocolate molten lava I cake. I got to get into business with that guy. <laughs> the like. <laughs> the chocolate lava cake. That's like one of my favorite. Des- I love that dessert. I, I, I love that cho- a chocolate cake like that is like. One of my favorite things yeah. to eat, and if it's like well done, which they they kind of just nailed it. They nailed that version of that thing. There could have made maybe more fudge in it, or maybe a little bit like like a little temperature could have been a little bit warmer. But I I, I liked it. I, I thought wonder, it was great. Can I can I theorize? Is that a problem across the boards with the meal? Uh, yeah, sort I, of a question of 
heat temperature and you know yeah maybe i don't know like i kind of felt like is the was the cream spinach and the mashed potatoes like they were they not hot enough and then was the the sweet potato too hot mm. like was the thing you were yeah, there, there, was, right. there was there was some temp it was all maybe all over the board in in the temp the temperature there is a Who's lot of temp s- guy at that uh, restaurant i think i think probably a goron with how scorching a lot of that stuff is goron from zelda it's khaleesi in the background yeah. <laughs> seems fine to me um, send it out uh, what, what, what were the options on that white job the, for the other sauces orange Just- cognac nutty frangelico raspberry chambord or coffee tia maria Okay. I don't think we got any of those. I think no. we just got like a walk- oh. white chocolate sauce. Right. Um, well, let's get to our final thoughts on Ruth's Chris. Uh, so, Andy, here's how this will work. We'll each go around. We'll each sort of give our closing argument, if you will, summation of, of feelings about this particular chain, and then close it off with a fork rating on the order of zero to five forks. Mm-hmm. You are our guest. We will begin with you. Uh, well, the, the standard for me at a steak place is mm-hmm. Peter Luger's in Brooklyn, which is oh, maybe, okay. I feel like I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm now going to a different restaurant to compare, which, right. which is maybe not fair. But, um, um, so that would I've be, heard of Peter. I've never been, but I've heard, I have heard. Uh, of him. Yeah, we got to go, Mitch. Yeah. I would, if I would you're ever in New York, I'll fly out. Um, <laughs> uh, it's just, it's just the greatest steak. I, they age it in a specific way. It's, it's just like, is amazing. it still cash only? Uh, now I think they've made adjustments. You can pay with debit cards okay. and all sorts of stuff. And, um, yeah, uh, whatever the case, uh, and Ruth, Chris, it holds a special place in my heart. I would say overall, the most important thing is the steak. And I think the steaks putting aside my, my issues of fattiness, which may have just been the piece were, mm-hmm. uh, really, uh, very good. Yeah. And, um, and I enjoyed many aspects of the meal and I have, a connection to it and knowing that I've had some of the greatest meals I've had at Ruth Chris. So I would say a four, four forks, four forks. That's a great score. score. Go ahead, Mitch. Uh, I know I will say maybe this particular meal didn't stick the landing the way I wanted it uh to, but I'm, I'm giving them a pass to a certain degree because I've had great meals there before. Is that unfair? Do we only judge? No, 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 no. That's that. I think, I think you definitely get a, Pull in your experiences at the restaurant. I don't. I think there's. I think there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I look. I, I love. I do love a classic steak, steak restaurant, a steakhouse. I love to. I loved. I love Tom John. Uh, John Thomas, like you said, it was my. That was kind of my intro into like. Oh, this is like a fancier meal. I know that it's a thing that a lot of people don't get to experience often. And we were in Beverly Hills. It's very. You know, very fancy and and and, and, and more shishi, <laughs> a little shishi, and and and. But here's here's what I'll say. I think that, um, I think that for a special occasion, that this is this this place is good. It's good. It's very good. It's very well done. If if you're if it's someone's birthday or you want to go out for an anniversary or whatever, it's 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 a great place to go. And if you're if you're a high roller, then you can go there a lot and right. and, and and enjoy yourself. Uh, I thought the steaks were well done. We also had a nice wine there too, Nick. That you got a, a Pinot Noir that you. Oh yeah, we got yeah. a second round. Yeah, you and I each, each had one, which I forget what it was, but it was nice. I think it was the Maomi Pinot Noir. I, I went there not and, and like a, I went there not you know a, a, a Monday night at eight forty five, and then had a had a really great meal. I, I felt very stuffed afterwards, and I fell asleep about ten minutes after I sat down <laughs> on my couch. But 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 I had a great time. It's it's nice to it's nice to get to have a fancy little dinner. Right. The, the, it, the price point is high. 
Yes. That, and, 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 you know, like, but also that's the type of place you're going to. And I think it is a special occasion place. Uh, yeah, I, I had a blast guys. I had a really good time at dinner I had last a really night. Good time too. And, and, you know, I, I don't get to have dinners like that often. We don't get to review them much on the show like that, but the quality of the food is really good for what that place is trying to do. Maybe, maybe a place like this, maybe when, you know, people aren't going to steakhouses as much, they, things are going to have to change. At, at Ruth's Chris at some point, maybe, but I think that people will always want steak. So, right. so I, I got to go four and a half forks. I don't know. It's, it, it's oh, very good. I didn't expect you to go higher than oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah. It's uh, very, it's very good. I, I agree with a lot of the points you guys have made. And, and I will just say, you know, evaluating this as a chain, this is particular, this is good steak for a chain restaurant. Like That's this is like, it, it, it's, you know, like, like yeah. the fact that they can do this across a hundred locations with some degree of consistency is impressive. Mm-hmm. And, and I think they, they, you know, it, it pulls off kind of a classic sort of old world, uh, like the rat pack was mentioned and like the weasel men bringing in their, uh, their bodacious babe companions. <laughs> it, 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 it's like that sort of vibe. Yeah. And, I, I, that that has some appeal for you know for prom night or or you know like a like a, just a fancy date or some sort of kitschy sort of throwback meal or an anniversary. You know the weasel woman should bring a, be be able to bring in hunks as well. If you're a weasel woman, get yourself a classic hunk. Or the weasel men bring in hunks. Anyone can FYI. bring in a hunk or a good looking lady. Hey. I'm also sure that when I saw that weasley guy, I was thinking, hey, a weasley guy like me can get a girl like that. <laughs> I was not separating myself. <laughs> The important thing is that weasel people are finding love, whoever they are. Other we- sometimes non-weasels. Some, yeah, sometimes a non-weasel, sometimes fellow weasels. Either mm-hmm. way, we these weasels should go to this Rat Pack restaurant and have a great time. I enjoyed all the food. I wish the desserts were maybe a little bit more decadent for a place that mm. that has such a such that is so heavy. I feel like maybe that was like the least decadent part of the whole meal um, versus the apps and the sides and the steaks. But I thought the steaks were great. There are some very good sides there. Uh, do, what, do what this is this accomplishes everything this place is supposed to do it, 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 and, and I don't know what else I, what they, with some minor deductions it, maybe but I, overall this is this is an excellent experience and four and a half forks as well we're wow. in the handholding club Mitch and me that means Ruth's Chris Steakhouse is in the golden plate club it is certainly is I think where it belongs this is definitely much a golden plate club caliber restaurant decadent is it, it, you're right I mean as far as chain restaurant but you also the other thing too is as, as far as chain restaurants go like oh we had good drinks it didn't like feel like those shitty drinks that you would get at other great point yeah at other like it, it like you it, mentioned it, earlier yeah the drinks were job. solid yeah they were very solid cocktails. i was surprised that you guys went for the wines that was at a left he kept pushing another thing about alex he kept pushing the wines and i was like we got cocktails why we get wines and then i look over and suddenly everybody's drinking a wine but <laughs> we each had some wine it was it was good to pair with the steak it was it was a fancy night if you get a special occasion if you want to if you want to go out and enjoy yourself Go for it. Or if you're a weasel person, bring a date there. <laughs> sure. It's a Look, place to go. Alex had the margins in mind. He knows the margin on selling a glass of wine, and particularly a bottle of wine, is pretty high. He wants to up that bill and get himself a bigger tip. And I say more power to him. Mm-hmm. Don't support his his duplicitousness. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that was a review of Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. By the way, Andy, I, I uh, we we are in a passive aggressive war right now, where I took it out a ten dollar bill to pay for the, your valet and put it on the table, and you were refusing to pick I it can't up. Take it. It's been sitting there for forty five mm. minutes while we've been doing this segment. Uh, maybe this sounds good for me, where it just stays on the table when I take it. Yeah. I feel like if I hadn't called it out on the podcast, then I could take the money. We offered you were fair to call it out because we offered to do it, and then we forgot to pay you in the moment. I, I will. 
Well, uh, it's my contribution to the podcast. Consider it a, a Patreon contribution. <laughs> what do I get? A, just leave it right there on the table. No one does it. Hey, that was Ruth's Chris Review. And it's now time for a regular segment. I've got a mystery beverage, and Mitch and Andy must guess what it is. It's another edition of the Weiger Challenge. Andy, you don't have any food allergies, do you? No. Okay, great. We're, we're taking it right down or to the wire. if I do, then I'm ignoring it. <laughs> uh, all right, so I have a, a drink I've given you guys in blue mm. cups. I am not going to reveal any details about what it is. You can use all your senses to try and, and infer what it might be and then give it your best guess. This is We're choo- not choosing the brand, but we're choosing what the tastes are? Get as, get try, as specific try, as you can. get specific as you can. Okay. I don't know what it is either. If you think it's Cherry Coke, say Cherry Coke. It smells very medicine-y. Mm. Uh, let's see. Describe the color for us. Yeah, what, what are we looking at? It's kind of like a pink. There's a little bubbly. It seems like it, it seems like it, it's carbonated in some way. Right. You think it's pink? I think it's like orange. Ooh. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. It's it's tough to tell. Maybe maybe a purple. You guys are swirling the the glasses around, giving yourselves a little test sip here. Hmm. Oh, this is strange. I think I've had this before. Okay, some sense memories, or is this poison? <laughs> <laughs> you said no food allergies. I didn't know you include poison in that. <laughs> well, hmm. second sips are being taken. Very thoughtful expressions are being made. Wow, I I believe I've had this or something very similar to this. I think this is like a black cherry, Mountain Dewy. Or like a Lebr- like some sort of LeBron soda that you brought to to fuck with me. I didn't I didn't bring a LeBron soda to needle need you. That's not even the current matchup. Well, it might be by the time this episode's released. It's so interesting you say black cherry because it is. It's sort of like I'm like that's not black cherry, and I'm like, well, oh, but I guess it would be a black cherry soda, which doesn't taste anything yeah. like black cherry. Mm. Third sips are being taken. Mitch is switching swishing the drink around in his mouth. This is a good one because this is this is tough, and I. It's gonna annoy me when I find out what it is. Mm. It, it's, it's 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 almost not like a cream soda. It's too. It's got too much sort of tartness and punch for that. I almost want to say it's like a like a candy soda or something strange. A candy soda? Like 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 like. I feel like it's not like, sweet enough to be a candy soda. Mm. But it the black cherry thing does seem like it's in the vicinity of correct. Mm. Um, we're probably supposed to be coming up with an answer quicker than we are. <laughs> there is no time limit on the Weiger challenge. Mm. So I guess you guys, I mean, it is very open-ended. But uh, yeah, but maybe some guesses. Maybe it might be prudent to give some guesses in the future. Seems <laughs> like you doubled, doubled back on that <laughs> well, look. stance of no time requirement. <laughs> this, is, this is hard. This is a hard one. Yeah. It's not, I kind of want to say from the, from the look of it that it's a vanilla type thing, but... I'm gonna I'm gonna point something out to Andy because I notice it. It's in a Seven Eleven bag, right? So there's something that you can get from Seven Eleven. Well, that I mean that 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 doesn't rule it. I mean, there, I mean you get everything Seven Eleven. Is that oh, your guess? Are you guessing Red oh Bull? Oh my that Andy? God. I'm guessing Red Bull. Andy's wow. guessing Red Bull. You know what, Andy? Because it's something I've had before. Andy, I'm gonna give a tip to, to my cap to you. I I usually am pretty good with this, but there is some sort of touring. There is some sort of energy drink flavor in here and i that's what i couldn't put my finger on because it's it's the whatever i'm gonna say it's a red cherry energy red cherry red bull or something i think that's i think that's accurate it's like you know what red cherry the color is a little bit too orangey Mm -hmm. maybe not you know i'm gonna say red cherry mountain dew okay energy drink is what my my i'm just gonna stick with red bull because i'll be angry if it's red bull and i didn't get it all right neither of you are correct however 
I am going to say that, Andy, you have won the Weiger Challenge. Fair. Because you came closest to the spirit of what it is. Uh-huh. Monster energy oh. drink. Wait, it's just, wait, hold on. That's just straight up monster? It's straight up monster energy drink. Wait, no really? modifications. 100%. Interesting. Original flavor. That's very so similar cool. to Red This Paul. is like a weird mind game. And does Mitch, your tongue was playing tricks flavor? on you. Or it's just taurine, um, vitamins. Yeah, and, and a whole bunch of artificial ingredients and or whatever it's in it. L-carnitine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was what you were tasting, Mitch. Long list of chemicals. <laughs> the refreshing taste of L-carnitine. Yeah, you guys, you guys hey. certainly seem like you'd, like you'd recognize that you'd had that flavor yeah, before. Yeah, re- that, re- that, that was a wild, hey, my tongue is playing tricks on me. Just like, <laughs> how did that song go? That's you a really fascinating mean. mental challenge. It is, right? <laughs> You know the mind. My mind yeah, I know my mind is playing tricks on. That's mm-hmm. what I said. Yeah, my my tongue is playing tricks on me. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, I went to a a wine tasting this weekend, and I don't by by generally speaking, I don't like wine. I always go for white wine because it's a little less wine. I request what's the closest to water, and I talked to a guy for a while, and I was I was saying, so you, this is this has a bitter aftertaste on the back of my tongue. Is that what wine doesn't have that? And he's basically like. That's what wine is. So, <laughs> so I think I've just discovered I don't like wine. <laughs> hey, that was a Weiger challenge, just like a restaurant with your feedback. Let's open up the feedback. I just want to say that black, yeah. that black there, there is like a citrus taste. I didn't, I never would notice with Monster. I think that's an element. Yeah, you maybe just haven't picked up on yeah. before because you haven't been as focused on the individual so, components. That was crazy. Good job, Weiger. Uh, today's email comes to us from Trina in Utah. Trina writes. I feel like I'm the opposite of your targeted audience, a woman in her 20s from Utah, but I love the podcast and I LQTM laugh quietly to myself often. I live in a smallish town and there's only so many food place options, so if I get sick from one, options are very limited and I always end up going back eventually. Mm. My question for you is, if a food place makes you sick, do you never go there again or do you wait a while and order something different the next time? Do you have a three strikes and they're out policy? Uh, Andy, huh. Andy, what do you think? Do you, if a place makes you sick, are you are you not gonna? Are you getting a little skittish? You never going back? That's a really interesting question, and I would say probably a, uh, I would a, a lot of time would need to pass, and I would need to be with someone who's like, come on, let's go back. Yeah, unless I really like, I don't know. It's because the problem is that a lot of where you're going to eat is your pre association with what you what you want out of it. Yeah. So if it's betrayed you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to get past it. I had a I had an incident where I had spin, bad spinach artichoke dip and uh, and some portobello mushrooms, like a portobello mushroom sandwich, and it made me throw up. And I just remember the feeling of spinach artichoke dip plus portobello mushrooms. I just like, remember they had that puke flavor of that mm. puke coming back up, and so I have an aversion against like for, for whatever reason that that specific. Dish? That that or that 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 like kind of combo the, the like mm. spinach artichoke dip in and of itself I'm a little skittish of but if there's portobello mesh, mushrooms every anywhere nearby I like kind of have an aversion to that and then that particular restaurant I stayed away for with for uh, stayed away from for a while and and we also got pretty Nellie and I both got uh, food poisoning after eating at a, a like a, a really good sushi place that we really liked and we just like never went it was like we went there all the time we just never went back it was but that weird. almost feels like that's a more justifiable thing like yeah. sushi their entire thing should be safety and right. it's okay so right. even one lapse is like alright we shouldn't go back yeah but I but it also was a thing of just like oh it's such a bummer that this thing that we enjoyed and was like a regular yeah. sort of haunt for us and then we were just sort of like it wasn't even that we were like we don't like this place anywhere we don't want to go back anymore it was let that we like we just didn't 
like we weren't trying to punish the business. We yeah. were just like, now we're not going to have fun going there because we have this aversion. The, I, you know, it's funny because I've never, I feel like I've never thrown up from food poisoning. I've, uh-huh. I've, but I've obviously had stomach issues from being at a place and I've noted that or whatever. And, and, but a lot of the times I'm like, oh, is it my own fault for eating like a spicy food from a place? So I never really stayed away from a place like that, unless it's just like a really shitty restaurant. And, and, but on it, but, when I was younger, there was a, there was a thing with lemon chicken that I was like sick and I smelled my mom cooking it and I got sick and I never eat lemon chicken really anymore. Uh, so I don't like eat that food. Uh-huh. So I have that aversion, and, but like, or, or any sort of like kind of citrusy chicken, not orange chicken from like a Chinese food restaurant, but you, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. So I have that a little bit, even though I'd maybe still even eat something like that now, but more so for me is the times that I've gotten something like actually gross from a place and then it takes me a while to go back there. I went to one of my favorite restaurants. I don't even want to say it, but when I was younger, there was this place in Quincy Old Railroad Cafe, and there was like a little bug in the lettuce at one point, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and it grossed me out. And then like I didn't want to eat there for a while, but then I did eventually go back, and it's fine. Yeah. And then from Paquito Moss, Nick, there was a oh no, don't ruin Paquito Moss for me. I love Paquito Moss, but here's what I'll say: there was a little live bug. It almost looked like kind of like a little live roach, and it wasn't in my food, but it was when I took it out of the bag. It was on the tray, and I'm like, I think that they put like like have a lot of those tr- like the to go containers in the back or something, and there was mm. maybe just a bug on there, right? And it did make me not go to Paquito Moss for a little bit. I love Paquito Moss, yeah. and then I w- I went back eventually because also like. A thing like that, where like a bug or something that accidentally gets in your food, that's such a hard thing to control. And right, I think that is also you got to talk about the levels of the, like you yeah. having that experience with the dip is like that's a pretty major th- and the sushi. Yeah, like the bug is like this is a bummer, but all right. Yeah, I know, it, and it, but it did. It did. It, it made me. It, it it took me maybe a, like a, a couple. Mo- I stayed away for a couple months right. just because it was in my head. But I, I think I'll never. And then you'll go back and you'll have a great experience again. I think you just got to get maybe just give it a few weeks, a couple months, and then go back again. Right. That's that's what I would just say. I, I think to to address your the your your question, uh, uh, Trina. It, it's I think you. I think yeah, I think you'd absolutely go back later on, especially if it's a if it's a meal you enjoyed or mm-hmm. or if you had a good experiences with this place. And also too, like sometimes people have trouble placing. I, I just blame two two specific sources, but sometimes people have trouble placing the origin of of food poisoning um i've read read somewhere that a lot of times people attribute food poisoning to undercooked meat when it's just as likely to come from underwashed produce so mm-hmm. like you you go and you you think you had some bad carnitas but what, what actually got you sick was you had this dinner salad beforehand and that 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 hadn't that produce hadn't been washed properly and that's where you got that contamination from so yeah a lot of times you don't you don't know what the actual source of your uh, of your your foodborne illnesses, so be given another shot. There's a sushi. There's a sushi place here near UCB. I won't say the name of it. Uh, and I I did feel sick after eating there one time. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I never throw up from from that. But then I heard multiple people got sick from eating there, and I was like, okay, so it's oh, maybe a place I'll stay yeah. away from. But also, like a lot of the times when that happens, it's not like if it's a place I actually do love. Yeah, I'm gonna go back to it. No matter what, if it's like a shitty, like I, I don't want to go back to Caro's where we reviewed and it was terrible, right? But that didn't even make you sick. Yeah, it didn't even make it just it was gross. Yeah, yeah, it made you. I mean, it made you sick in a metaphorical sense. Oh yeah, it made you sick. This place was in business. Mm-hmm. 
By the yeah. way, that, that the sushi place that uh, it, it actually ha- it replaced the sushi place you're talking about replaced another sh- sushi place before that was even shadier. But mm-hmm. once they may have mentioned this on the podcast before, but once the pipes broke in the UCB bathrooms and were flooding the floor of the sushi restaurant, yeah, and they stayed open. <laughs> oh Jesus! <Yeah. laughs> so yeah. disgusting. Yeah, awful improv shit floating around. There. <laughs> and that's bad shit. That's just that's the disgusting. worst thing. Shit. None of the- <laughs> improvise. Do not eat well. None of those flannel wearing men have good diets. <laughs> if you have a question or comment about the world of chain restaurants, you can email us at doughboyspodcast at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 830 go dough. That's 830 463 6844. And to get the Doughboys double our weekly bonus episode, join the Golden Play Club at patreon.com slash doughboys. Andrew Secunda, thank you for giving us so much of your time to appear on the podcast. Thank you for going out to eat with us. Do you have anything you would like to plug? Um, I guess uh, Star Trek The Next Conversation uh, with Matt Myra um, at Star Trek TNC on Twitter. Um, and I'm at Secunda on Twitter. And I'm at Andrew Secunda on Instagram. Follow my Instagram. I don't have enough Instagram followers. There's nothing going on there. There's nothing to see. But to follow it anyway. Yeah. Maybe maybe we'll put up a picture of that big bone if we got one. Uh, oh, there you go. Oh, yeah. There you um, go. I, just, I'm just, I definitely will put something when we're... I've, I took a couple of pictures of us eating because I, uh, I was excited and proud that I was on a date with the Doughboy. <laughs> well, we're going to have another date soon. Thank you so much for doing this. We're going to have you back. We'll have you back for some nice eating. Nice. Now I'm already going to associate you with a nice meal. I got dibs on White Castle. That's the one I Oh, want. yes. Boy, that's at the opposite end of the spectrum. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Mitch, am I still looking at you? <laughs> we go to White Castle and Alex is still the waiter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you somehow upsold us on a tomahawk ribeye? <laughs> what were you saying, Wagger? I was saying, am I still looking at you as scants? Uh, what are you saying? Are you looking at me weird again? Yeah. No, you know what? You're my friend. Oh, Aww. you're my friend too, Mitch. All right. It came together at the end. Nick and I are about to go have our second dinner in two days Right, together. we're going to go eat a meal after this. Mm-hmm. Oh, what are we eating? Or is that a, is yeah, that a you know, preview? We can't say. Oh, wow. It's Excited. a secret. Yeah, it's a secret. Oh, wow. Hey, that'll do it for this episode of Doughboys. Until next time, for the Spoonman, Mike Mitchell, I'm Nick Weiger. Happy eating. See ya. Take care. Hey, guys. You want more Doughboys? To get the Doughboys Double, our weekly bonus episode, join the Golden Plate Club. Sign up at patreon.com slash doughboys. Do it. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>